Weird Science DC Comics podcast will spoil this week's comic books and use very, very naughty words. If either of those things upset you, go listen to NPR. When you eventually grow a pair, don't worry, we will be waiting for you. Thank you and enjoy. Sunday. Great shades of Elvis. An army of invisible criminals. When strange things happen in Metropolis... There's no such thing as an invisible man. Not seeing is believing. Who's there? I've got a... weapon. Superman, where are you? Lois and Clark, Sunday on ABC. Previously on Ally McBeal. nonsensical installment of Weird Science DC Comics Blogs podcast. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Werner. And this is episode 8 of Weird Out Loud. And it's the end of February, right? Yes, today is the last day of February. February 28th, and we're starting pretty late today, so I think we might uh, head into March. (laughs) Yes, this will be a March, actually. Yeah, we're having some difficulties again. Yeah, fuck it. My goddamn computer wants to fuck up whenever we get on, like, you know, start doing the podcast. Yeah, it's almost like it doesn't want to go to work honestly i fuck you i think that, i think we're not supposed to have a podcast is what I, I, well, I, think I, I hear all these podcasts i listen to and i'm wondering if everybody else has these problems because man it's a pain in the butt yeah it took me like what 45 minutes to freaking switch things around so we could do this yeah. right now and we even started a little late so now it's it's heading towards the uh with the witching hour I don't know. I know you love the horror stuff, so is it, I was is that trying, old Russian lady going to come back at my door? I was giving you a setup. <laughs> I don't have any horror this week. I, you yeah. told me no, I'm not, I don't want the crickets hey, playing. The I'm people, done with the horror. The people responded. It's up to them, and, and they hate you. Oh. <laughs> they don't like you or your horror stuff. You and your cellar crypt dweller business. You <laughs> and your jerked off face. <laughs> but it's uh. It's Saturday, and I have not talked to you since the last time we did a podcast. Yes, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, you were sick I've been, all week. I was battling one of the worst flus that I can remember ever having. Is that what you call it? Yeah, that's what I call it. I, I just spent... imagine you laying there each day, alarm goes off, and you're like, eh, I'm going to watch uh, Friday the 13th today. No, I actually, uh, Monday, I was bored as shit. Just had off, so I, I was like, trying to find something on the Netflix to watch. And I ended up watching a bunch of shitty flicks like Dracula 2. Like it's a sequel to the Dracula 2000 series. So it was Dracula 2 and 3 and some other. Oh, I watched uh, I Frankenstein. You remember that piece of shit that just came out? Apparently, I'm not apparently, but it's not as bad as I thought. It is no fucking. It it was okay. It was entertaining. It was no Van Helsing. Yeah, he's the Frankenstein. Yeah. Remember we wanted him to play uh, Aquaman at one point. I want the dude uh, who plays Jamie Lannister oh, in yeah, uh, yeah. Game of Thrones. 
Uh, you know what? They look the same to me. <laughs> they look very alike. That dude's got one of the weirdest names, and we can't pronounce normal names, so I can't even think about what it's going to be from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it's just Jamie Lannister. Yeah, that's all he's going to be. All right, well, we're going to get into stuff, I guess. You have any crazy stories? Uh, uh, anybody you know get herpes this week? Or <laughs> No, I didn't talk to anybody besides for my girlfriend, but no, I just laid around, I slept, I... Moved from the bed to my freaking chair in the living room. I watched a lot of Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I, my, I'm freaking so happy. I turned the television on. It was right on. It's on the Esquire channel. Apparently, they have, like, blocks on all day. But uh, it was the one with the Bigfoot. Secret of Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. Andre the Giant is That's Bigfoot. The best. I tell you, I used to love this when I was a kid. And I have, probably don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. And I was just sitting there all enthralled with the six million dollar yeah. man as Steve Austin tore the arm off of Bigfoot. That's that's the only <laughs> one that anybody ever remembers. I, well, it's the most fun. I watched a bunch after that though. Like um the one after that is with where he's supposed to be uh, taking care of this Russian Olympian. Oh yeah. This this little blonde girl is a gymnastics Olympian. And it's so fucked up because he takes her into this like burger joint. And he's like, uh, he's like, hey, have you ever played pinball? Pinball? What is that? You know, whatever kind of Russian accent you want. And they go and play it. And Steve Austin, like, loses immediately. And then at, the girl takes at over. At Z Pinball. He's not the pinball wizard, yes. At no, Z Pinball. At Z Pinball. <laughs> but this girl plays for 30 seconds. Apparently, it's the most amazing thing that Steve Austin's ever seen. Yeah, that pinball. 30 seconds of pinball without the ball going through the paddles. I was laughing so hard at this. You're a big Lee Majors fan, right? No, no, I'm not. You you never watched Fall Guy? No, I never watched about. Fall Guy. I like Fall Guy. I liked Six Million Dollar Man as a kid, but yeah, Fall Guy was where it was at. Really? I, I never watched I know you talked to me about it like a while ago. Yeah, I, I, it was weird. At one point, I really liked Fall Guy, which uh, Lee Majors was a stuntman. And I liked the movie Hooper with Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah, Hooper, he yeah. He was a stuntman. Like, <laughs> like, stuntmen were, like, these cool guys at that point. I, what happened? Because I still think they're cool. Um, they all became horror icons. Mm, yeah, yeah. I always like, thought that maybe they did a lot of meth and drank too much. But <laughs> okay. Not me, Majors, or Burt Reynolds. I'm saying just stuntmen <laughs> in general. I, I've heard that those guys are a seedy lot. I don't know about CD Lot. I just don't think they like to feel pain as much as they put off. You know, they pretend they do. Okay. So you're saying they, they uh, abuse painkillers. Oh, yeah. Something fierce. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you know what else happened this week? What else happened this week? A lot of news. Hold on, hold on. Before we get oh, to the news. Oh, no. <laughs> you have another something to add no, here. No, it's just $6 million man related oh, again. But I'm, I'm having a great time watching it. But do you remember in the series where uh, Steve Austin grew a mustache? No. Okay, apparently I think it was season four. Okay. He had, came out with a mustache. That I'm was like, guess no. starring his mustache. <laughs> Everybody like, had mustaches back then. Well, that's the thing. I was not used to him. I don't remember him ever having one in the show when I was a kid. And as soon as I saw this, I like I watched five minutes of it. I turned to Joe. No, Steve Austin. Yeah. I could not deal with his jerk off yeah, face. Yeah, really. With his Actually, mustache. he seems to be too much of. I mean, the guy was an astronaut at one point. Astronauts yeah. don't have mustaches. <laughs> I think it's the cut. episode. I think it's the episode where he had some downtime and became a big brother for some inner city kid. <laughs> Sounds awful. Oh, I had so much fun watching that on Thursday, though. Well, guess what else happened this week? Oh, what else happened this week, Jim? News. Oh, the news. And right now I'm playing the intro to the news. I don't know if you can hear it, though. Yes, I can hear it. All right. Well, we're going to talk news. And the thing about... Uh, 
any sort of news for comics and TV and movie stuff is you know as well as I do that when a show starts to get ready for its pilot, that's when the tidal wave of news hits. Yeah. This happened a lot when uh, Flash, especially, and even Gotham, all those, that all of a sudden you hear all this talk about who's cast for the, the pilot. And I know I think a lot of people look at that stuff and say, oh, man, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of big names or whatnot and hope that I, I mean I'm assuming that the Supergirl pilot's going to be picked up you know I, I don't think it's a question that CBS it's CBS right I believe so yeah and, uh, but do you you think it's pretty much oh, it's, that, I think it's a given it's going to get picked up but uh, the first bit of news was that they cast Cat Grant for the Supergirl pilot and that is Callista Flockhart from Ally McBeal I'm telling you, I saw this news this week, and I, the thing is, I recognized the name and had no idea who she was. Yeah, I just recognized the that, name. Uh, Brothers and Sisters show. I don't even know what that show is. I I have a feeling my wife watches it, but I have no idea. Yeah, you sent me a thing that said Brothers <laughs> and Sisters. I'm, no, no idea. I bet you that that show's been on longer than we'd ever imagined. Most it's, likely. It's like all these other shows I hear about. It's apparently their final season. Like, I haven't even heard about your first season. Yeah, really. Uh, somehow, maybe Dax Shepard's in it. I, I don't think he is. Uh, I don't like that. I don't think he's in anything. Uh, but Calista Flockhart is kind of an odd. I mean, I I don't picture Cat Grant as being a uh, a uh, anorexic forty five year old, but I guess that's what they're going with. Let's, I don't have the picture right here, but I remember when I saw it. Is her face fucked up? Is she got a weird looking face? I just think she is just overly thin, like she always was, and probably uh, she doesn't have much uh, meat to her. Well, you remember in the, when they remade the Mummy movies, how the Mummy would, like, suck the life out of the yeah, people? Yeah, and yeah. Like, that, That's what it looked well, like when I looked at this picture. I'm like, always... and I had, no, I had no idea who this person was. I just you, recognized the name. You were a big Ally McBeal fan, so you remember back then. <laughs> the thing is, you, like, you sent me the Ally McBeal with the brothers and sisters. Ally McBeal I recognized, but the only oh, damn yeah. thing I could think of when I hear that name is that dancing baby phenomenon that yeah, happened for, like, a month and a half. Yeah, no, it was more than a month and a half. Okay, that's it, what I was trying was to be. Awful. You know who else was on that show? No. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, was he? Yep. I don't remember. I, I never watched an episode of Ellen McBeal. It was a big, big deal. Um, I, I was probably watching Buffy Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really like Clissa Flockhart at all. The only thing I knew, Ellen McBeal, and that I guess she's still dating Harrison Ford. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She For the longest time. I had no I idea. I never really heard that they broke up, and I did no research right uh, for this. Oh, why would you? So I'm assuming that she pushes him around in the wheelchair. And then uh, somehow... Hands him a whip every now and again. Well, then a bone breaks because she's like... She weighs about two pounds. So hopefully uh, what happens is they have her eat a sandwich or something. But uh, in the news thing, we get that she's described... This is um, Cat Grant for the show. Yeah. Described as a self-made media magnet and the founder of CatCo on the show. Cat Grant started her career as a reporter and has built her company in a global powerhouse. Kara, Supergirl, works at yeah. CatCo as her assistant. So uh, to me, it's like kind of like the uh, like a Devil Wears Prada type of... I don't know. Again, you're throwing me off. I have that no idea. That crazy movie with... Uh, I, so, yeah, I know the title. I never watched it. Never yeah, really I, I didn't see it either. But I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be like the... Uh, 
you know, Cat Grant's going to be running around yelling stuff, and Kara's going to be trying to keep up and whatnot. But what I'm mad at is I was so she's hoping gonna be that the, she's going to be the Jimmy Olsen to her yeah, Lois yeah. Uh And then Jimmy Olsen's also in it, and all yeah. the craziness. But I was really hoping they were going to have the uh, Cat Clark Chop Clark. What is it? Cat, Cat Clark Chopless uh, blog. That to me, that was a winner. Well, that's the thing. As much as we made fun of that freaking blog when it came out in the in the comic book universe, yep, I Superman. think it's better than Catco. Yeah, Catco. What the hell is that? It's Catco. It's fucking stupid. But in the next bit of news, there's still more Supergirl uh, pilot news. Woo! Uh, one uh, bit of news that you'll probably really enjoy. It's uh, Dean Cain and Helen Slater are <laughs> hired to appear in a mystery role. Now, why, why would you think that this would really appeal to me? Like, uh, well, recently you watched the Helen Slater Supergirl. And that's the thing. I, I was going to say, it's not about Dean Cain. Because no, you're come a on. big Dean Cain fan. <laughs> I don't you know think anybody's Kane. a big Dean. <laughs> he we, goes to conventions and he begs for people to come yeah, get his so autograph. I, I saw him at a convention in yeah. Philadelphia, and he was very nice. People walked by, and he was talking to people. And oh, I'm just a dick now. Yeah, No, he seemed very, very nice to me. Uh, of course, you're. I guess you can go both ways. If nobody's going to your booth, you can either be a real asshole and just sit there and look miserable, or you can come out and talk to people. And that's I guess. what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's a mystery. Mystery roles, they say, for those two. And I, me and you talked a little about this uh, messaging, and my guess is that they may be uh, Jarrell and Laura. Yeah, I was going to think they were going to be uh, Kara's parents, but then they had already cast her mother, so I'm like, that's right out the window. Yeah, uh, like I said, I know that they had already, I, I guess they sent out a casting call. I told you of uh, twin twin babies to play uh, baby Superman. Right. And um, a body double. So I don't know if that means you're going to see, you know, the back of of Superman at some point running, you, whatever, but it's not. Well, it's going to be like the end of Smallville yeah. where you never actually see him in the costume. Yeah. You just kind of see that like that that image of like yeah. uh, him in the uh, distance. But yeah, obviously in the in the pilot, you're either going to get the whole Krypton going and a baby flying away, or maybe well, you kind of need to. Well, maybe in the pilot, you also have her dealing with the baby Superman. Maybe you know, baby Superman, yeah, something stupid. That makes sense to me. But yeah, I I know people were pretty excited about this. It kind of reminds me a little of when we started hearing about uh, the '90s Flash, people being yeah. in the new Flash. It's kind of like that kind of thing. But I, I think it sounds pretty cool. I'll watch the show. I'm not going to watch it or not watch it because of Dean Cain and Helen Slater. That's for I'm sure. I'm actually I'm excited about Helen Slater. I'm pretty. Didn't Helen Slater play Clark's mother in um, Smallville? I, like his actual mother, Laura? I don't. I don't really know. She she played something. I can't remember. Really? It's been a while since I watched Smallville. I should have yeah. freaking researched beforehand, but we don't uh, do I'm, that. No, absolutely not. This research. is all fresh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, I'm sure that as the time goes on, we're going to get more and more, you know, of these stories about this person being cast and and whatnot. But that's kind of what happens when these shows go. And it, it actually, I was thinking too. We had mentioned Supergirl's canceled, right? And I was thinking that. Maybe they are trying, they're going to wait until the show, obviously, and, and then come out with Supergirl again to be more in line with the show. It makes sense to me. And that's probably why, to me, it makes sense why it's canceled, because if they're, say they're going to make uh, the show, and they have a, a cast set, or not a cast, a, a story set, 
you kind of have to wait if you want to make the characters look somewhat like the people you're gonna have to wait until they're cast to go so you don't have Callista Flockhart uh Cat <laughs> Grant looks you know a big fat girl and then it's so pretty much what you're telling me is this like oh the new 52 is gone so won't be in continuity anymore yeah. well it won't be <laughs> it's gone actually I saw a article online this week that they they had I forget what site had the listing of what the last new 52 book will be in March and that made me laugh yeah. it's actually I think it's actually I don't know they were saying world's end one of the world's ends will come out and that's going to be the last book of the new 52 so your whole dream of the new 52 is no gone. no it's no it's not it's smashed. still going on it's it's just the name is going away no I don't think Supergirl will have anything to do with anything that happened in New 52. No, when, I don't think so Supergirl either. When Supergirl starts up, it'll all be... Because, I mean, right away, she's like a 24-year-old who never showed her powers until that moment uh, and that's in a th the show. That, that, that's a problem for me, too. Because, like, these TV show tie-in books do not do that well. No, no. Well, and, I mean, like I said, we're this is our speculation. Uh, we might end up with a... Um, like a uh, digital first title, like a flash and an arrow instead. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that but... would make more sense, but you can't have a TV show come out and not have the book of right. any sort. You know, you're going to want to hopefully where actually they they haven't really made it seem like it has happened, but you would hope that people who watch Arrow would read the uh, Green Arrow title. doesn't seem to carry over. No, um, that's kind of like when uh, when Man of Steel came out and like DC's like we're gonna put out a whole new Superman book, but not call it Man of Steel. For some reason, we're gonna call it Superman Unchained. Yeah, like, that was yeah. the stupidest goddamn thing I ever heard. Nothing to do with anything, but it was. A good I'm book. okay with it, but yeah. if they would have called it Superman: The Man of Steel, it would have sold a lot more copies because people got hyped from the movie. If yeah. there were people who were hyped from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next bit of news is that DC hired Ben Abernathy as their talent relations director. Should I know that name? No. Well, you, he was a guy who worked at DC before. Then he, I think he's worked at both Marvel and DC. Went off uh, it's, to. It sounds familiar uh, as well. He he went off to uh, head a um, digital uh, company. Now he's back. But the only reason I put this, it's it's pretty dry news. Yeah. But I put it because the guy is coming in to. Uh, he's the talent relations director, so he's mm -hmm. going to be the guy who's the you know eyes and ears to and talk to the uh the talent quote unquote talent every time i hear that word talent <laughs> strippers <laughs> don't touch the talent but uh, uh you know scott snyder isn't allowed to touch uh, ben abernathy because he is the talent or actually vice versa vice versa vice yeah. versa but i think this is actually a good move just that you can see that dc must be getting a little uh antsy or a little worried because people are just bailing they're, Left and fucking right. They're it's jumping crazy. ship. So to actually announce that they're hiring this guy to me means that they're uh, trying to do something to right the ship. I don't know how the business works per se. I'm saying it's like the editors, these big dicks that people can't work with them, and it's like fuck this noise. Every everyone I hear the one. Everybody seems happy enough. It seems, I'm you know they keep a tight lips. On, on that sort of thing, you don't. They don't air their dirty laundry. People, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's a job. You go there, you you do your freaking work and get paid. Look what you're talking you to here. To do? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I wasn't at work all week. <laughs> Jeez. 
But yeah, this Ben Abernathy hopefully he goes in. Everybody loves the guy. I guess he's a nice guy, and they'll get more people uh, at least staying. I'm not even that, you know, mad that people leave. I'm um, a bit mad. I, actually, I'm. I said that wrong. I'm not that mad if they don't get new people. But man, don't don't let a guy like uh, Charles Sewell, oh, Tom Taylor, guy, Tom Taylor, uh, later on in the news, Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's leaving to go to Marvel. We're starting a new Marvel blog right now. Lost Boys, the Marvel Lost blog? Boys, the Lo- Lost Boys. <laughs> I was hoping uh, Adventures in Babysitting, the Marvel blog. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's what we are. Better uh, Off Dead, the Marvel Comics blog. Yes. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, the next bit of news. Uh, Can't I, Buy Me Love. Oh, the Marvel Home Alone. <laughs> The Marvel blog. Jim and Eric's excellent adventure. The Marvel Comics blog. I don't mind that. That's pretty good. <laughs> that would actually, I would like that better than Weird Out Loud for that. And I applaud you for not saying Weird Out Loud at the beginning of the podcast. I did. Did you? Yeah. I thought you didn't. Yeah, I put it at the end, hoping you wouldn't hear it. You son of a bitch. Oh, you know what I'm <laughs> going to drink right now? What are you drinking? Gridlock. Oh, the non-official sponsor of this podcast? That's what I heard. I heard that all <laughs> over the place. Ah, the next bit of news, though, you're going to have to fill me in a little more because I... No, you sent me this thing. I am not filling you in on well, shit. you can fill me in a little because I have never uh, read The Sandman. Neither have I. Oh, really? I thought you said no. you did. No, no, no. This, this came out... This is going off the rails early. This, or I'm saying, when this, ca- this came out, though, and I wanted no, no part of it because how much I liked Wesley Dodds back in the original, like, you know, the Golden Age Sandman. Okay. And I look, looked at this book when it came out. It was like, oh... I want to say artsy, but it's it's just it was weird, and I just it was a time in my life as uh, I want to say it came out when I was probably a late teenager. Okay, so when you were, and it was not for me. I wanted preacher, you know. I don't know. It's it's kind of along the same lines, I guess, from what I'm looking at here. But well, it just was not something that interested me when it came out. Well, what we're talking about is that uh, Lucifer is cast for the new Fox pilot. And what the thing Deadline reported that Rush leading man Tom Ellis has been cast as the title character of Fox's new drama Lucifer, which is based on the comics interpretation of the characters seen in the DC Vertigo series The Sandman and Lucifer. Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis. He's the leading man in Rush. Actually, I thought the leading man in Rush was uh, Getty Lee. I always consider it Getty Lee. Actually, I wouldn't consider Getty Lee the lead uh, in Rush. Why? Think of that, because uh, I don't know. All right, you just want to be contradictory. <laughs> I just want to be an asshole. Um, no, now I've lost my whole train of thought. But uh, <laughs> uh, the other news: of this is the uh, Underworld's Len Wiseman as uh, the executive producer of this and pilot director, with Tom Kapanos as writer. I do you think that anybody's going to care about this? There are a ton of Sandman fans. I'm saying I never looked into Constantine fans, because this seems to me like a uh, a more of a crapshoot than Constantine. Yeah, Constantine didn't last. Constantine had a shitty time slot. But all this screams to me is just another failed TV show. I'm telling you, this freaking comic book bubble is going to burst so goddamn soon. Yeah, they're really. This is like the old uh, video game crash. Yeah, everybody's just throwing crap out to see what goes. There's a lot of other things before I would start Lucifer. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have no interest in this. I'm, 
uh, Tom Ellis. It blows my fucking mind. You know, <laughs> that's all I care about. Because now that I'm done, this news to me is that when I go to my girlfriend's family's for dinner or whatever, mm-hmm. her brother-in-law is a huge Rush fan, and this is all he's going to try to talk to me about comic books. And it's all just going to be a backdoor way to for him to talk about Rush. You you realize that the Rush leading man? That's the movie Rush. Oh no, I had no idea. <laughs> I got so scared, oh, man. You stupid idiot. That's what I'm saying, Getty Lee. No, it's not Getty Lee. It's Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis was in the movie Rush. Getty Lee. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, thank God he's not going to talk to me then. Uh, He still might, but man, that's... that's, uh... The hell was the movie Rush? (laughs) I would say that that's the movie with uh, Thor in it. Oh, that stupid ass racing movie. That's what I think it is. Oh, I never even heard, fucking watched that. Yeah, yeah, not not freaking the band. Thank the God, those guys are like seventy. That, I don't I know guess, what the hell I these guess, people's yeah, gonna look I like. I don't know uh, if Lucifer, maybe Lucifer. In fact, I believe. Oh my God, I I wish we had the instant edit because man, you sound stupid. I am stupid. <laughs> you actually thought it was the band. Yeah, I saw Rush. When I think of Rush, there's only one thing I think about. You just think of Tom Sawyer rocking the house. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That, whenever oh, I was at a bar, that freaking song would come on. I'm like, all right, I need to pay my tab and get the hell out now. Yeah, yeah that is, uh, that's, you know, I don't, I hate Rush, the band. <laughs> Tom Ellis has nothing to do with that. I thought he was. I thought he was some like you know. (laughs) Like you thought it was that. No, you don't know any of the guys from Rush. Not off the top of my head. Oh my god! Again, I'm trying to think, and I'm drawing a blank because I'm. I don't know because it's late. But now I'm looking it up so you can so I can tell you it's Neil Pert, Getty Lee, and Alex Lightstone. Oh, Neil Pert, and yeah. Neil Pert's definitely the lead. Yeah, That's, I, yeah. I kind of skirted the issue before because I couldn't figure <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah, it's Neil Pert. Every freaking drummer that I've ever known that tries to push freaking Rush on you. you. You go to a Rush concert. First off, not a woman in the place. The the best looking woman in the place is Getty Lee. And every ninety five percent of the crowd are drummers, and they're all air drumming. This is you now. I've never been to a Rush concert, but this is what I get. So you go in there unprepared. You're getting the shit kicked out of you by guys air drumming on a five hundred piece fucking drum set. <laughs> and you know who isn't at that concert? Tom Ellis. I don't know. Maybe he's a huge Rush fan. He might be. I Maybe that's why he was in the movie. He thought it was a biopic. <laughs> <laughs> we went to this movie rush. It's like, well, you know. Oh I, yeah. I, I look like Getty Lee, but I play drums like Neil Peart. So, I, <laughs> so they're like, okay, you're Alex Lifeson. Of course, I, I'm again the five people who still like Rush, because to me, Rush is so done. But you know, whatever drummers are listening out there, you can you can send us mail. You can suck it. All uh, right, let's go. <laughs> then, Oh my God! Really? You thought that? The... <laughs> All right. I, th- I still oh think that's pretty funny. Gracious! <laughs> the next, the next thing, bit of news is actually, uh, it's something that upsets me a lot, and you really could care less. And no, that, I could uh, care. Andrea Sorrentino uh, signed an exclusive deal with Marvel, and if you didn't know, Andrea Sorrentino is a one of my favorite artists who was on Green Arrow with Jeff Lemire, and was awesome. I this guy. To me, not only was he just so great, but 
somehow he hit every deadline. He was in every issue, and he had some. There was one, the one issue that I told you was so amazing because he made one of those pictures where the pictures made with the individual little pictures inside to form the big picture. You know, you see those things at the mall all the time. It's like, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. like, it's the Let It Be album, but then I, saw, I, I, I just think of the Yoda things. one. The Yoda one yeah, was the first yeah, one I ever saw. One too. Uh, but he did that in one of the issues. It was so incredible. And I, I believe, in my mind, it was all Ollie's face. And right. Each thing was bits. And if you look, each part was actually a part from the comic. So it wasn't just, like, made-up crap. It was stuff that was from uh, other issues and other scenes. I, I think he's great. What's odd is I he went to uh, one of the X-Men books, and I grabbed it just to see what it looked like, and it was funny because it looked exactly like you know, <laughs> He definitely has his own style. I like it. I like his panel layouts. I like all that. Uh, in the thing, he said, uh, I'm very, very excited about this new chapter of my career. I've always been a huge fan of Marvel characters, and I'm thrilled at what is coming in the next couple years now that I've joined the family full-time. And it, it's it's a shame that uh, DC didn't do whatever it took to to keep him. But he's, I uh, guess I, I'm I, not a fan. I think he's great. I, said, I, think, I liked it so much. I gave the book to you as soon as it yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, oh, I loved it. And I guess the book he's the big book he's going to be on is Old Man Logan, which they say is like a Secret Wars tie-in type thing. Um, All right. But yeah, I'm gonna miss him. I really, I really liked his art. I know he was a cool dude. I'm saying yeah, he, he was always good to us. us a little, and I, I sent him a note, kind of tweet thing, and he thanked us. He didn't get mad at us like some other people do. <laughs> and the next bit is something that's uh, you know sad news that hit yesterday, and it's that Leonard Nimoy is dead, like your dad. <laughs> Leonard Jesus Nimoy Christ, man! Is dead, and I You're don't gonna... even have Cat from the Cradle uh, queued up for <laughs> for you, your your dad, and Leonard Nimoy. Look, I, I love Star Trek, and that was it, it was a big blow yesterday, yeah, and I yeah. think it was fucked up too because I didn't hear about it all day, and you sent me that message like yeah. "Live long and prosper." I thought you finally got your fingers to do this, like the freaking uh, gesture. Who can't do that? I don't I know. Somebody at work. I thought it was that. you. No, I can do that. I'm doing it right now. And um, then, like my my girlfriend works from home, and so like. When you sent me that message, I had to wait yeah. like another hour before I could tell her. She's a big Trekkie too. Yeah. And I was like just waiting to tell her because I wanted her to get off work before I told her so she didn't get all upset. She put on her morning clothes and then got some, like, some stuffed animals and just sat there and mourned Leonard Nimoy last night as we watched Invasion of the Body Statues with him. You know what I did? <laughs> What'd you do? Nothing. Uh, we love Leonard Nimoy in this house. He's going yeah. to be sadly missed. I mean, besides uh, the reboot Star Trek, you see a lot of Leonard Nimoy recently. You're going to uh, miss him. Everything that he has, you already have. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's you're going to miss the guy. What What else is he going to do? Uh, another him. another Star Trek? Pretentious jerk. Yeah, he's going to be in a cave. And another one just sitting All there right. in a freaking uh, ice planet. The other year when Howard, Harold Ramis died. Yeah, yeah. What's he been doing? Nothing, he's, but I freaking was, miss his you ass. You know what he was doing before he died? Gaining a lot of weight. He's been doing that for the last 20 yeah. years. Um, yeah, I, I know. I sound like a jerk. but These are just people that I really like. You know, loved growing yeah. up. And it's sad to see them go, because that means I'm getting old as shit, too. See, I'm one of those jerks who, I mean, there, there's the line down the middle that I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm not yeah. a Star Trek guy. I know that 
a lot of people who would listen to this are, you know, quote unquote geeks and everybody should love Star Wars or Star Trek. I I never really liked it. I've watched it. I've watched almost every episode of the original right. Star Trek uh, only because when I was growing up, they were on. It was on, yeah. Heat, so I've seen <laughs> them. Um, it was too um, cerebral for me. Wasn't enough action for you? Yeah, yeah. I really, I didn't care for it at all. And quite frankly, I know you're not supposed to badmouth people when they die. I don't think you should badmouth people. I'm not badmouthing. I I just was never a big Leonard Nimoy fan, except for In Search Of, which I loved. That's the thing. You said this before the podcast, like In Search Of. It took me a minute. I was like, what what is that? In Search Of was one of my favorite shows. And I have to admit that he was, he had a a great voice for that. It really fit that. Other than that, I um, yeah, uh, I'm not a huge Leonard Nimoy fan. <laughs> I, I I love to this. I'm saying I'm a huge uh, Spock fan. So, you know, that's what he's typecast as. He's Spock. It's like Adam West. When yeah, Adam yeah. West dies, I'm gonna be really upset when Adam West dies. He was TV's Batman. Yeah. I grew up watching oh, I, him. I love Adam West. Oh, Just, there you go. I'm saying. I, I guess I, I, really, if you if you aren't a Star Trek fan, I guess that you really, you know. Don't yeah. Care. Well, it's like in my group of friends, it's it's right down the middle, really. Yeah. Like half of them Star Wars, half of them Star Trek, and there's a few like me who love both. Yeah, yeah. I I just I love Star Wars. A couple guys when I was growing up, and again, I grew up in the '70s at you know early age '70s, and when Star Wars came out, I was eight, and that was like perfect my, time. That was my whole world then. And then after that, like when when do you think you first really sat down and watched Star Trek? Um, Star Trek was a little bit later for me, so it was probably uh, Next Gen was the yeah, first ones I actually well, watched. What I was going to say is, with me, like an eight-year-old, to me, Star Trek doesn't hit all the right notes. Oh, yeah, right I now. could see that, because I didn't become a huge Star Trek fan until I was in my like early 20s. Yeah, yeah. So, Like, I'd time... watched Star Trek, but I really enjoyed it once I hit that like that age for it, you know? By the time... You know, I got into, I was into Star Wars at 8. By the time I got around to checking out Star Trek, it just didn't have the action uh, yeah. that I wanted. It, it was more of an adult thing, and I kind of had already had my mind made up that Star Wars wasn't my thing. I had There was a kid when I grew up, I'll have to give him credit, because we were probably about 6 or 7 uh, before Star Wars, who was a huge Star Trek fan. And I remember he had the Enterprise blueprints. Nice. And they were so cool. And he kept them in like one of those uh, crazy, uh, what are they called? Where you a put frame? Them? No, 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 no. He had them. He carried them around. Oh, so really? Like in... like a freaking, like one of those t- uh, tubes? The case, the tube. It always yeah. reminds me of the Brady Bunch when they had, when they were at the amusement park and uh, the kids had the prints and it got mixed up. Do you ever see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That was the great. But it, it was like that. And this kid... Uh, would bring him. My mom babysat him, and he'd bring him out, and we'd look at it, and I'd just read it. Sound like that now? I love blueprints You're what, and stuff eight? like that. Yeah, no. At that point, I was like six or seven. I said six or seven. Yeah. I want that now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was great. And then uh, I'd frame that in my hallway. Also, a kid, we were skipping rocks, and I hit him right in the face with a rock, and it embedded in the side of his head. Fucking jerk! I get. I'm thinking of it now. It still scares me. And <laughs> it, it, I, he, something happened where we were at this like. What I would consider a river, but when I went back earlier, it was a creek. Yeah. And he ran out in the middle for some reason, and I threw a rock, and it skipped up right into the side, like right beside his eye. Jesus Christ. 
And then I was, I, I have and to I'm admit, sure after all these years, all these years, you've told yourself it was an accident, but no, you were a little no, jerk no. off what, and you what, did it on purpose. What I'm upset about is, is that to this day, I do still remember that I was more upset that I was going to get in trouble than to see well, yeah. if he was okay. Well, yeah, that's every so kid, man. No, no, that's every kid. All kids are assholes. That's what it is. Oh my God. Like if you like hit somebody and they start crying, your immediate response is hit me to make it better. So if anybody asks, no, he hit ran. me too. I ran. Oh, and really? I was wasn't there that was my most, i don't know what he's talking about he's there. just a liar yeah yeah uh but uh that seems to be it for the news, a lot of news uh, we're, talk but... we're talking about news <laughs> yeah. the news is, is that i still feel bad that i hit i think the guy's name was david kearney you should look kearney up star trek fan and probably has a huge scar because when i think about it, it was like i mean this rock went in oh man <laughs> I remember my mom screaming at me, one inch late, from one inch to the side, and he'd be blind. I don't like your mother's voice oh, at all. Well, she was English, so that was yeah. like, oh, hey, knock in the Tommy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some really bad crap. Actually, she was no, probably No more accents. We're, we're done with accents. She, Between she my Russian and your freaking... Uh, she was probably more concerned with yelling at people because she yelled a lot. Actually, I think David Kearney was the guy. Um, his mom used to give him uh, cream of wheat for right. uh, my mom to make him before school. My mom is an awful cook, but yeah. she also doesn't She's read directions. British. She thought that the cream of wheat was more like cereal and would pour it in a bowl and then pour <laughs> cold milk on it and make him eat it. And it took the guy, I'm telling you, months before he actually told his mom, hey, uh, Mrs. Werner does not know how to cook this cream of wheat. You got to tell her. And then uh, the lady yelled at my mom. See, we, we joke about that, but how, how many times are we going to be on Blanche's podcast before we tell him that he keeps getting the name of our site wrong? He does. We're, yeah, when we're on the GeekCast radio, he's always telling, oh, here's the guys from, what is it? The Weird, Weird Science, Science of, of DC. DC. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it, I, I never say a goddamn thing, but it eats me up inside every time. Yeah, eventually <laughs> I'm going to have to get David Kearney's mom over there and lay, lay down the law. <laughs> She'll lay down some shit right yeah, there. Uh, you, should, you should find out what happened to Kearney. Look his ass up. Now, him and he had a sister, a little sister that looked like uh, the, mass, the Wendy from Wendy's. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, what, what the original, original Wendy, yeah. yeah. she was annoying. Not this new hot one. No, no, no. I, I, do they even, I know that they kind of hint that that's Wendy. Yeah, that's Wendy. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they've I, ever said the name. Did you ever but... see the real Wendy? She was on the commercials right after uh, Dave Thomas died. I, uh, yeah, I remember yeah, seeing, yeah. I don't remember what she looked like she at looked all, like though. like a linebacker. That's what she looked like. <laughs> Freaking linebacker for the Bears. Oh, I should get her for the Eagles, then they need something. Really, they do. Yeah, enough of that football talk from you. <laughs> Go back to uh, listening the rush? to the Rush with Tom Ellis, <laughs> the lead man, Tom Ellis. I'm but, saying, yeah. that's why I'm like, lead man? I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't even know that name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for the news. Probably going to be what? the funniest bit on the whole show. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, really. This one's uh, its starting late, and I'm already falling asleep like half of our listeners. Ooh. And by that, I mean the five people. But I'm starting a new segment this week. All right, new because segment time. Of, uh, because of how much uh, people hate you, oh. I wanted to start a new segment <laughs> of Who Hates Eric on Twitter. Uh, I hope this does not become a regular thing. It is a regular thing. and My feelings... Um, Ouch. Yes. This week, um, what happened was I almost 
got somebody to hate you, but it seemed like it didn't because you reviewed Gotham by Midnight that we'll talk yes, about I a little did. later. And you were not too kind to Ben Templesmith. It went back and forth. Really? It's, I yeah, it was just I was a little worried since you like tweeted after the Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher thing last week. I got a little yeah. worried when I saw that you tweeted Ben Temples. But I was like, uh oh, uh, yeah. this could go either way, really. Yeah, because I tweeted them um, again. I think we might have to make a policy that we tweet our own reviews. Then we'll know. Because I look at the <laughs> score, seven and above. I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting creators. Uh, possibly even less than a seven if I read your little blurb at the end and it has something, at least one good said, thing to say. I think I said something about it, though, in the blurb. Yeah, I didn't read any of it. I saw I saw the score and away I went. But So Ben Templesmith did not retweet us. So that right. doesn't count as a hate on you. No, it does not, thank God. But you know what? Actually, the theme of this segment is actually not hate because somebody Excellent. really loved you this week. And he is a big fan of you. And oh, he's my buddy. Of him, and it's Potman yes. from He-Man. And he put in a tweet, Great review as always, fellas. Always love checking your reviews. Best around. So what do you Damn think right. of that? I, I told him he's too sweet to me. He is too sweet. But you know what it reminds me of? What? <laughs> this is what Pop was telling me. But I know, me and him have this special bond. Yes, I, I thought when I saw it, it kind of it made me smile, but it made me laugh because in my mind, he saw all that crap going down last week, but nobody wants to step up to the plate and defend us. So he, he did it in his own little way. And yeah, you just jumped to conclusions. You make up all these stories in your head. You have I no do. fucking... Because you know what you are, Eric? Yeah, damn right. Soak it all in while you can. Oh yeah, shit's gonna turn sour fucking fast. Yep, and um, and the other thing on Twitter, I tried to uh, hijack a conversation between Alex Antone and uh, Victor Bogdanovic. Yeah, you sent me something about this. I had no idea what you're yeah, talking it's, about. It's the guy. Um, uh, this Victor Bogdanovic is uh, on the Arkham Knight digital title, and it's awesome. His art yeah, is so yeah. good. It actually is very Greg Capullo esque. Yeah. And it's awesome. Well, I kind of was trying to force the issue for this guy to start following us. <laughs> so I was reading his Twitter, and I see that him and Alex Antone are talking back and forth about getting free comics and all this. You're the best editor ever. Alex Antone is the, uh, one of the digital editors. So I kind of jumped in. I, I like free stuff. Yeah, so exactly. But you know what these two have in common that you don't? They work for DC. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We don't. <laughs> no, I no, maybe we don't. We did. Oh, yeah, that's I, uh, the dream, brother. That's so, the dream. Like, my my favorite thing is free food. Yeah. Oh, I but, know. But free comics, I'd go for it. So I tried to jump in and get some, but I. Uh, so three three times this week, you messaged me in the morning, bring me in pretzels. Yeah, and you never showed up, and that was actually the first day on Monday. I sent you the message, "Hey, can you pick me up some pretzels on the way in?" Because the people people obviously don't know, but I go to work about three hours before you. Yeah. In the goddamn morning. But uh, <laughs> so I'm like, eh, get me some pretzels. No response. So uh, people started coming in. Eric's not coming in today. Oh, how do you know? Never mind. I, yeah, I just I have I was pretending I was psychic. Yeah. Then the others were actually me just trying to see if you were coming in without asking you. So, I, hey, how about them pretzels? And in fact, you weren't in all week and you sent me something 
Monday or Tuesday, and I swear to God, it didn't sound like your voice. This message, my, my and I text actually, voice. Yeah, I actually started telling people that I thought you might be dead, that <laughs> Jess had killed you, and you. She was like trying to keep up the the ruse while she got rid of the body because it really didn't sound like you. I forget what you said, probably uh, something intelligent. Oh, I thought, my you know feelings what? again. I'm like that doesn't that doesn't sound like Eric at all. He said something that made sense, and then you know what? <laughs> Next thing I knew, you're telling me that. Tom Ellis is the lead singer of Rush. <laughs> it turns out I don't know shit. Yeah, you don't know anything. And oh my Fuck god. It. I would love it. I hope we have Rush fans out there and they just rip you apart because that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of stupid things mostly coming from my mouth. Yeah, well, Tom at least we Ellis. have something going on in this Tom episode. Tom Ellis. You think um you think Rush is a white thing? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Rush is a, a Rush is a musician thing to me they it's a drummer this... thing you're a liar it's yeah a it is because uh, you ever like seriously you hear a rush song you start snapping your fingers and no. tapping your foot and next thing no. you know they change out of you know the timing changes and you freaking slip and fall and you break your hip that's what yeah, happens were, to me with rush that's because you're the master of disaster i've broken my hip six calamity. times listening to rush <laughs> oh man and uh all right well I don't know how that segment went. It, it seemed a little off, but hey. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm glad there weren't a lot of there weren't any haters this week. No, it, it was good this week. Actually, it's weird that we had a weird week uh, to end because we usually get a lot of comments on the site and they kind of yeah. died down. I think a couple of people died. This whole week, yeah, yeah. I, it was weirded me out. Yeah, I, I thought know. somehow you shut me out of the site and I didn't know how. Yeah, I should have. But you know what? This is our favorite time of the podcast coming up, and that is listener mail. This is my favorite time. And I'm going to set this up because uh, last week you sent out a plea to people, which you forgot. I didn't even remember. Yeah, yeah. you forgot that you did this, but uh, we were talking about something, and you said, hey, anybody out there, if you want to write in, tell us if you're looking forward to convergence because we've talked about it on the podcast. We talk about it in person when you actually go to work. Yep. And we, both of us, neither of us uh, care about convergence. Not no, at all. Not at all. In fact, it seems like more of a, um, it's like a speed bump on the way to freaking June right now. That's the thing. That's I, don't I, want my, I don't want my stories to end so we can deal with this two-month nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in fact, you know what this, I'd like to call this last week and this podcast, it's the penultimate week. Because almost all the, the things are, it's their second to last issue. I forgot to say that because you hate that name. Oh, God, I hate that. Or that word. The thing is, I don't hate it. It's just like every reviewer uses it. Uh, you know what's funny? Never heard that up until we started doing the site. Yeah, I heard I it a couple never, of times. Ever. If somebody told yeah. me penultimate, that seems like it means awesome. <laughs> it's like <laughs> ultimate's one thing. Penultimate, that's the ultimate ultimate. The thing that's what they say at Penn State? Maybe. <laughs> what, are you trying to get the crickets going, you son of a bitch? No, I just said, I don't want to talk about Penn State. What are you, you're derailing it's not, everything. It's not like I brought up Ferguson. Come it's on. It's 1120 at night. I should be in bed three hours ago. But we have listener mail. Bring guess, on the listener mail. What do you want from me here? Come on. Guess who the first listener mail is from? Who is it from? John. Oh, John, yes. John, um... Is calling, uh, or calling. He wrote about convergence. 
All right. He put, I'm not looking forward to Convergence because it will probably suck worse than you guys. <laughs> then the best one, two, three, four, five, six, seven exclamation points for that. All right. And then put, actually, it probably won't. <laughs> I like John. He stays consistent. John is very consistent with his, his, his comments. <laughs> actually, there's three different uh, Convergence uh, males. Right. So the next one's from a guy or girl named Five for Three. All right, five for five three. Five for three. Said, I really could care less about Convergence, but I am looking forward to the new June books. Batmite is going to rock my shit. <laughs> All right. Yep. Now, I'm kinda, now, now that he said that, I'm kind of looking forward to oh, Batmite. You think Batmite's going to rock your shit, too? I'm hoping now. You know, uh, the next one five, is from... Five for Stone. three might know what he's talking about. Five for three. Uh, the next one's from Sam Man twenty three. Sam Man twenty three. He's All very right. to the point. Fuck convergence is what Sam Man twenty three says. Well, I, I have to agree with Sam Man. So we have three people who actually sent mail, and all of them are not only not looking forward to convergence, but Sam Man is you know he's getting real. I'm saying though, imagine this here. You're, you're sitting there. You're watching your stories, right? You know, yep. you love your stories, I and all of a sudden, like all in the, all in the, all my children, all my children, fucking General Hospital, whatever. You love your stories. The bold and the beautiful. That is my DC Comics to me. Those days are my stories. <laughs> yes, days for our lives, like sands with the hourglass. Um, Convergence is like a freaking like we 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 a breaking news report. We interrupt this program, and like you don't want yeah, that shit. Yeah. Oh, you know what the worst was when you were a kid, even now, is when. Um, you're watching a show, you're waiting for your show, and the president comes on. Yeah. Talks his Especially nonsense. when you're a kid. I didn't want any nonsense of that when I was a kid. I didn't want any nonsense of that anytime. I get bored. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it is. It's like, like I said, it's a speed bump till June. And I'm not going to enjoy reviewing these issues either because I oh, have no, no idea what's going on. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, it is. Uh, the next uh, person is Monsoon in the Ring. All right, like Gorilla that's Monsoon. A Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. Uh, thing says, Eric, what are your top five horror movies? And Jim, go fuck yourself. Excellent. I uh, love this Monsoon so in the what, Ring. But what are your you could not, I'm telling movies? you, though, you could not have sent this to me earlier. I fucking no. have to just be on the spot. I sent this all on the spot. Now, since last week I sent them to you, you didn't even read them. I mean, <laughs> well, it's amazing I... that you wouldn't do any work. <laughs> so what are your top five? Boom. Hey, hey, I was watching a golf movie. Fuck yeah, off. No, right. but <laughs> come on. I'm trying to remember what I did last week. All right. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm going to name just some I think of one, like are my favorites. Mm-hmm. You're getting that goddamn crickets ready, aren't you? Yeah. No, you're just away Why from the mic now. Because you're away from the mic. I'm, I'm just, I actually was getting a sip of gridlock. All right, all right. I can't say these are definitive my top five, but these ones that are really near and dear to me, but uh, in no particular order. Puppet Master 2. Okay. Phantasm 2. Evil Dead 2. You fucking see the pattern here? A lot here? of twos. I know, right? Um, I just realized that I was going off. Um, oh, shit. That's three. <laughs> Keep going. I hate that you didn't send me anything before this. Nope. I saw this, too, and I'm like, screw him. He didn't pay attention last week. Now I'm putting him on the spot. So how many do you have so far? Three. Three. Puppet Master 2, Phantasm 2, and Evil Dead 2. Okay. And, and what else? There's so many good ones. That's the problem. Seriously, you know what? You could have made... You, you wouldn't make up something, though, because you, you don't know want what? anybody to call you out. I love Reanimator. Okay. Uh, so Reanimator's definitely on the list. And the last one would have to be... 
Oh, I hate you so much, Jim. Oh, I hate you so much. Oh, God. I... Oh, my goodness. Okay, top four. Yeah, top four. Yeah, I'm top telling you, man, four. it's I'm trying to go through everything that I really like, and I'm like, there's so many. You know what my favorite one? What? Amityville Horror. That's just because it scared the shit out of you as a kid. crap out of me. Blood out of the walls and voices. And I, I actually, thinking back to when I was a kid and this, like the Amityville Horror, and I told you some stories about when I was, I think I was insane. <laughs> I really do think I was like an undiagnosed uh, freaking psychopath. I, I don't know. I used to think, this is going to make no sense, but I used to think that when I flushed the toilet, that it was a doorbell to hell, and that if I flushed the toilet and didn't run out and go downstairs real quick, monsters would come out and get. I, it makes no sense. And I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm telling you, it, it it doesn't make any sense. I used to think that. I used to think it was a doorbell to hell. Oh, so, Jim, some of the crap I was sending down there probably deserved there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very I, odd. One of my other favorites just came to me. I don't know if it's one of the top, but House. House. Remember the movie House? Yeah. I forget uh, William Cat. Yep. So you're just going to throw that in your five? Yeah, I love that movie. So I'm just going to say the house is in there because I love that movie so much. Okay. Well, the next two uh, males are directed at me. Excellent. And um, they're all about ketchup. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I you know, When I went on the little rant oh, about ketchup on hot dogs last week. Uh, yeah, it bothered me get, all week. That got response <laughs> on uh, Reggie on Twitter. Uh, he called me out. Uh, yep. I actually figured out that I was a uh, corporate shill for the ketchup. Uh, <laughs> uh, freaking you don't people. put ketchup on a hot dog, you goddamn nut. I, I like ketchup on a hot dog. So there. But Maniac Slob wrote, Hey, Jim, you know why ketchup is like a man's lips? Neither should why? Because neither should ever be put on a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not appropriate. <laughs> uh, yeah, the next one doesn't even get much better. I actually, I'm not going to read a word that this guy put in there. And I know we said we'd read anything, but I... No, no, I want to hear this. Come I, on. I'm not going to say it because it's from Wake Me When I'm Dead. And he right. put, seriously, Jim, ketchup on a hot dog? You're probably one of those blanks who dip your fries in mayonnaise. <laughs> and it was a, a three-letter word that begin with F. I think we should have a new segment. Who hates Jim? Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, really. This week it's it's me. I get to talk about horror flicks, and you're getting the fucking shit All kicked I out of you. It's just a, a simple condiment. Guys, call well, you're, me. Obviously, mayonnaise. you're wrong. And you know what? I do like dipping my fries in mayonnaise. Oh, you gross fuck! I don't mind. I, I don't mind that at all. It's okay. I'm no French guy. They do that in <laughs> France, right? I have no idea. I don't either. But. That's it for the listener mail as well. Uh, I enjoyed that listener mail. Yeah, if anybody wants to write to us, you write to us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And again, as long as you don't call me that three-letter word, I'll read any, <laughs> I'll read almost anything. That word, that's pretty offensive. There's a couple words we probably won't read, but that's one of them. And, well, I won't but, read. Yeah, yeah. But we'll put them in a – and then and if, if you can, write out long – Intricate things that you want Eric to tell you off the top of his head because I'm not going to give him the mail ahead of time. This is some nonsense. Yep, until you prove yourself worthy of you actually you got to give preparing. me the password to this freaking email. Nope. That's why I said I'm not even going to let you read the emails because I am going to have the uh, mail and you don't. 
I actually sent you a message like oh, last week. I ignored week. you. I know. I know. Yeah, I you totally you. skirted the issue. Nope. I ignored you because <laughs> I was mad. Actually, that was even before you didn't prepare last time. But uh, yeah. I think it's funny to put you on the spot. I hate being on the spot. I'm terrible on the spot. You are. Huh. So next up is... Especially when it's important things like horror flicks, man. Come on, you got to put a lot of thought into oh, it. I thought, you know, a guy like you should have a standby list. I love horror, man. I don't have a standby list. I just, I love the majority, of, especially 80s. 80s are my freaking wheelhouse of horror, though. I love that whole decade of it. I'm surprised Sleepaway Camp wasn't your number five. Sleepaway Camp terrifies me. Just that ending, man. It's like, it's like freaking plastered in my brain. Whenever I close my eyes, I see that ending. It freaks me out. I hate you so much. Sleepaway Camp 2, though? Yeah, you like that? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, great. that's a great one right there. But uh, we're going to have uh, <laughs> the next segment, which is with uh, Dan. Oh, yeah. Dan the man? Dan Stransky. All right. And it's, uh, I know last week I called it the nerd news. And then you just, what do you call that? You asked like seven times. I told you nerd <laughs> news. It's not called the nerd news. Worst thing of this is I came up with the name, and it's the geek news. And you know there is a very big difference between a geek and a nerd. I used to think so. I have no idea anymore. Shit's become so weird. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have fights all the time of what a nerd is and what a geek yeah. is. Because uh, both of us actually uh, watch King of the Nerds. Which to me is like a true, true sign that you're not a nerd because I don't think that real nerds would watch that show. Oh no, no I don't know, man. That's the thing is, when I think of a nerd, I just think of a, like somebody who's like a, like smart, you know, like really no, fucking see, smart. See, that's what I think of a geek. Really, a geek? No, geek a is nerd like nerd to me is a person who likes comic books and Star Trek. A, a nerd, a geek to me is like a NASA engineer. Who I like, think you're completely off base with this. I don't know. I say, and a dweeb. Is somebody who is, I don't know. What do you think a dweeb is? I think a dweeb is an, uh, a combination of it's a love child of a nerd and a geek. Yeah. What like they had they had like some sweet passionate sex once they got off past their shyness, yeah. and nine months well, later they had to have them. They don't. They have had to sweet worry passionate about passionate sex. <laughs> nerds or geeks, neither of them have that. Even hey, though hey, I guess I... in uh, Revenge of the Nerds, you know, they describe that that's all they think about. Isn't yeah, that, that was that also called guy? rape. Yeah, I, that was yeah, called was. rape. <laughs> he did rape her, didn't he? Yeah. yeah he uh, dressed up as Darth Vader, right? Yeah, well, no, something of Darth yeah. Vader. I couldn't get the it, rights for it. It was but... Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to have a little break while we get some geek news with Dan. I know that he's going to talk a little about um, Leonard Nimoy. And I'm sure when he listens to this, he's going to hate me because I'm not a big <laughs> fan. But, hey, I always told you, when somebody dies, I don't, I don't think it's proper to start, you know, applauding people that you don't like or especially just personally when somebody in your personal life dies and they're just awful and they're all oh he was a good man yeah i've never done that yeah, <laughs> I, I that that's one of my big pet peeves you're supposed to be awful when people die <laughs> that's what you, you, treat them like they treated you in life that's, that's like that's my, my advice to you tonight that's like my family's funerals, like though, because afterwards you just go and get loaded, yeah. and then the real shit comes out. Yeah, uh, you did tell me that, that it was like crazy stuff afterwards. <laughs> That's lovely. But here we go with the Geek News with Dan Stransky. Hello, everyone. Dan here from Weird Science with all of your latest Geek News headlines. Uh, this was a really good week for the news. There wasn't a single day where I was looking at 
uh, the various websites that I look at to check out things, where I wasn't excited for what I was seeing until Friday morning, but we'll touch on that one last. Uh, first up, uh, there's a Supergirl reboot that has been in, been in the works for, I believe it's CBS, if I'm not mistaken. Either CBS or the CW. I can never remember which one is doing it. <clears throat> and unfortunately, I didn't have time to uh, pull that information. But there is that Supergirl reboot that's in the works. And they've actually cast two more actors in the show. Uh, former Superman Dean Cain, who played Superman in the original um, Superman and Lois Lane television series from late 80s, early 90s. And then they also cast former Supergirl Helen Slater, who was in the last Supergirl television series that had aired. Uh, we don't know what roles they're going to be playing yet, uh, but there has been some speculation that Superman will be appearing in the series. So it's possible that with Dean Cain's involvement, he could be playing Superman or they could be bringing somebody else in for that. Either way, that's going to be really exciting to see what happens then. That's actually a project I'm really looking forward to see once everything is done and it's actually on air. Uh, Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick have signed an agreement to bring their hit independent comic series, Sex Criminals, which is published through Image Comics, to television. That's, that's going to be really exciting. For those of you not familiar with Sex Criminals, it's about these two individuals who have this superpower where when they orgasm, time stops. Well, when the two of them get together and do the deed, they're able to stop time everywhere. And they wind up using this power to commit bank heists. Now, what's really cool about this deal is it's an open-ended deal, which means that other shows, that other comics that they've published, they can turn into shows, and it's not going to be an issue. They'd be able to bring other pieces of their creator-owned work to TV. Um, a lot of people have been saying they want to see a Bitch Planet series. That would be kind of cool. Um, but then they're also going to use this to leverage other independent properties into their own series. So we're going to be seeing an influx now of television series based on independent comic books, and it's going to be thanks to these two, Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick, who really are one of the power couples of the comic industry right now. Uh, for those of you interested in video games, uh, Punkation, who has his own channel on Twitch.tv, he speedruns Super Mario 64, and he is the world record holder for beating the game in the fastest time, 1 hour, 42 minutes, 32 seconds. He casually challenged a speedrunner named Nero to uh, a little challenge to see who could collect 120 stars in the game the fastest. And Nero was taking it very casually. He stopped playing for a while. He came back. He started playing again. He was very on and off. Well, it turns out he won the challenge, and he beat Punkation's record by 17 seconds. So he accidentally beat the Super Mario 64 speed record, which means now we're going to see a whole bunch of speedrunners trying to beat his time, which is 17 seconds less than 142.32. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting to check out if you're into that kind of thing. Um, that'll be on Twitch.tv. If you have the iOS app, you can just go to the app, browse by game, type in Super Mario 64. I'll show you all the streamers who are playing that game and doing their speedruns. Blade Runner 2 has definitely been confirmed. It's going to be directed by Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve, I'm not really sure how to pronounce that name. But bigger news than that is Harrison Ford has been confirmed to return for this film, and he'll be reprising his role from the original Blade Runner. 
Uh, it seems like this is just a big year for Harrison Ford. He's got the new Star Wars film where he's going to be in it. Then he's got Blade Runner. We're really seeing him go back and play a lot of the classics, which is interesting considering that they're talking about rebooting Indiana Jones with Chris Pratt in the lead role. Netflix is in the news. They have announced that they're going to be releasing reboots of three classic TV series, Disney's DuckTales, Danger Mouse, and Inspector Gadget. Uh, if I remember correctly, the article said that these are going to be coming out in 2016. Uh, Danger Mouse, I never really got into. DuckTales, I never really got into. But I grew up watching Inspector Gadget and loving that character and just that whole series. So I'm really excited to see what Netflix is able to bring to the table. Uh, proving that they really are trying to compete in the entertainment industry, Netflix also announced that the new Judd Apatow-produced Pee Wee Herman film is going to be released through their service. Now, a release date hasn't been announced yet, which isn't surprising, considering this has been the Pee Wee Herman film that ha has been in the making for, I don't know, like 10 years now, 15 years he's been trying to do this. But, but, we have a title now. The film is going to be called Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Uh, so whenever they announce a release date for that, we're going to get to see that. From the way Paul Rubens has been talking, he really wants that film to be filmed this year and then put out. So hopefully we'll see some sort of rush on that. Now that we have a distributor, a producer, there is a director. I forget the name of the director off the top of my head, but he's done a lot of work with... Um, I think it was Chelsea Handler, the article said. He's done a lot of TV work, so he's, this is going to be his first feature film. And last piece of news, Friday morning, I woke up, I logged into Facebook, I'm flipping through my feed, and I saw the news. I knew I was going to be seeing it at some point. I didn't want to see it, but I saw it. Leonard Nimoy, Spock from Star Trek, dead at 83 years old. Leonard Nimoy is arguably one of the biggest names in geek culture as far as science fiction is concerned. I mean, you hear people talking about William Shatner, but you need to remember that William Shatner, as great as he is, I don't mean to knock him, he is only one part of a trio of very important people in the Star Trek universe, and that's himself, Leonard Nimoy, and DeForest Kelly. Those three were the make or break on the show. And Leonard Nimoy dying, that is a big hit. Um, he didn't just do Star Trek work. He had done voice work, acting work. He was on episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, he provided the voice of the King of Atlantis in the Disney movie Atlantis, The Lost Empire. He reprised his role as Spock Prime in two of the Star Trek films that J.J. Abrams did. Almost every celebrity under the sun, the President of the United States, NASA... They've all been saying, you know, all these great things about him, and he deserves it. He was a fantastic actor. He's got a very profound body of work outside of just Star Trek. Um, and anything he had done is really worth checking out. Uh, he's definitely one person who I'm going to miss. Um, his Twitter feed is definitely worth looking at, especially the last tweet that he put out. I didn't write it down for this, but his final tweet that he put out four days before he died was just moving, where he talks about how life is like a garden, uh, special moments can be had, but only kept through memory or something to that extent. And there have been a lot of news uh, websites that have actually picked up on that tweet, and they've been sharing that tweet out. He also wrote a lot of poetry. He had a musical career whose awkwardness actually 
uh, can compete with that of Shatner's musical career, if you can believe that. If you don't believe me, just look up the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Anyway, uh, as always, you can check out my reviews on the site here on Weird Science, where I do uh, select digital reviews and Vertigo reviews. And if you want to check out my personal blog, where I actually uh, have a write-up on Leonard Nimoy, you can check that out at 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. That's 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. See you guys next week. We now return to your regular programming. And that was the Geek News with Dan. All right. Dan seems very upset about Leonard Nimoy. Everybody should be really upset about Leonard Nimoy. It's funny I say that, and we are not really, we haven't listened to Dan yet, but I'm assuming that he's very upset about Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> and I wanted to make it seem like everything was... Man, you was, showed everybody behind, back behind the curtain. That's behind now. the curtain. We did not, I have no idea what Dan's talking about. Um, in fact, the only reason I know that he's talking about Leonard Nimoy is he was the one who told me the story about Leonard Nimoy dying. Not that there was oh, really? a big story. It wasn't like a, a, a large tale of, uh, whoa. My... <laughs> I was on my way home from work, and he actually sent me a message that, hey, good thing that I didn't record my geek news yet because uh, it's a sad day for geeks. <laughs> and I thought, I don't know. I didn't think anything. I thought maybe that they decided, I don't know, what would be a sad day for geeks? I don't know, when Stan Lee dies? I actually thought it was like masturbation had been uh, ruled uh, illegal. It is actually illegal, that, well, I think. That would be it says oral sex in Pennsylvania. Well, that is, yeah. I think uh, oral and anal is not good in Pennsylvania. Well, not together. Well, you know. <laughs> Some ATM for you. <laughs> this podcast has really gone downhill now. But uh, what it, Tell me something. During the break, though, huh? we, we checked something. I don't know something. what you're talking about. We, we checked something, didn't yeah, we, Yeah, I looked up... Uh, Tom Ellis? <laughs> he wasn't in the movie Rush. Oh, no. No, no he was not. What no. was he in, Jim? He was in a TV show. He was in a, a TV, TV show? show called Rush. Oh. Um, uh, since you're such a big, uh, a big supporter of the show, tell me what it's about. Since you're no ripping freaking... into me. And if we go back and listen, you're the one who said, oh, you mean the movie? I just went with it. Yeah, you have no idea. Either. I have no so, idea. I we looked Rush up. Rush is all over the place. I have no idea. You Basically, I looked it up Rush. to laugh at you more, and I'm like, wait a second. He is not <laughs> in this movie. He is in a TV show called Rush on the USA Network. And what the description on IMDb says is that Dr. William Rush is not your average on-call doctor. He's not attached to any he hospital. He's highly discreet no matter what the ailment, as long as the client can pay his cash-only premium. You know what that seems to me? It's, a, it's The whole show is about guys shoving stuff up their rectums and have to go to see Rush. Like, hey, go to Rush. Hey, hey, go to Rush. hey, Dr. Rush, I got a baseball bat shoved up my ass. Can you help me? He, hey, he only if you on can pay your ca the cash-only premium. Hey, what's that going to be, Rush? Uh, that would be $50 and a handshake. Oh, God. And yeah, scene. that's Tom Ellis. That's, that's Tom, Tom Ellis. Ellis right there. Yeah, I, I'm looking at Tom Ellis. I have no idea who it is. <laughs> Tom Ellis, though, has been uh, very busy. He's been in things such as uh, he played Victor Frankenstein in the movie, TV movie Gothica. He was on. He was Robin Hood in the TV show Once Upon a Time. He was in a show called Sugar Town. Dude, I don't think anybody cares at this point. They just say, like, you know what? These guys are idiots. They don't know what the hell they're talking I about. I, I came I'm here to listen to, to DC I'm comics. I'm trying to give you some... Uh, he's, but he's been in TV shows and movies since the year 2000. 
Yeah, I haven't watched them. I don't know. I, I have a very specific friggin' shows I watch, apparently, because all these shows you name, I have no... I heard of Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. He Well, he wasn't in Robin Hood. He was in Oh, Merlin. you were talking during the break yeah, yeah. about Merlin. He's yeah, from yeah. Wales. In fact, I'm making the call now the next doctor, Tom Ellis. Oh, don't say things like that. He's from Wales. And the thing is, too, you know what? I don't even know what Tom Ellis looks like. Every time you say it, I just look at this freaking uh, picture you have up on the screen here, and I think it's the dude from Loverboy. <laughs> now he's from Loverboy. Like, First I keep he's from Rush, he's from Loverboy. Loverboy. Soon he's the bass player from Triumph. <laughs> I love Triumph. And somehow was in NWA. He was actually um, MC Rand from uh, NWA. Oh, God. You didn't know that? No, I did not he know He wore that. a lot of uh, Raiders garb. Raiders didn't hat, they, Raiders didn't jacket. they all wear a lot of Raiders garb? Yes, they did. They wore it. <laughs> And, if, and I know that a lot of people are excited about the uh, Avengers movie coming out and Batman vs. Superman, but the NWA movie is coming out, and I can't wait. But I won't go see it because I'll be afraid. I'll <laughs> like watch time you saw uh, Burning Mississippi? Mississippi Burning. Oh, that's how, yeah, yeah, I don't even know why I fucked that you, up. I, I don't know either, but yeah, I saw Mississippi Burning, and we live in an area that at that point was uh, pretty predominantly white. And Mississippi Burning was playing in, uh, uh, what do you call, it's in Allentown, but what do you Carmine. call Allentown? Is that, but is Allentown, it's not a city. Yeah, I think Allentown's a city. You think it's a city? Okay, yeah. it's a city. I had to go there to see it, and I went in there, me and my buddy Brett went and watched Mississippi Burning, and at the end, as the lights were going up, a black fellow behind us yelled out, hey, let's go kill some white people. <laughs> and then the lights came out and, got, and I'll, I'll give the guy the guy really seemed genuinely like embarrassed and he yeah. felt bad and he's like oh man you know I'm sorry I'm like yeah I'm sorry I didn't realize you were white I'd like to yeah I'd like to think I gave him a fist bump but I got the hell out of there freaking the car was running I don't already think fist bumps were invented yet uh, didn't you know me and that guy invented them after Mississippi <laughs> right, <yeah>. burning <laughs> I also saw at the same theater I saw the movie Colors which was even worse. That was when, um, in my mind, gangster rap had hit so hard, and so it was it was going into other things. And this movie was with uh, Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. I never and watched. And it's weird. Those. Nobody nobody seems to watch it. It was a really really good movie. Uh, but yeah, saw that with a bunch of black guys too, and they all gave me dirty looks. <laughs> all right. But, you know, I didn't care. I went to see it. I also saw in that theater um, a Jackie Chan movie. I believe it was like uh, Operation Condor. And there was a baby There was a baby crying the whole movie. And... Uh, I thought some Asian was going to give you a dirty look somewhere <laughs> in the story. I'm like, <laughs> every movie then I drug go you, to. And drug you outside and did some kung yes, fu. What the hell are you talking It was weird because then I saw Slumdog Millionaire at mm -hmm. this predominantly uh, Indian theater. And they gave me dirty looks too. It was very I think odd. you're just paranoid, dude. And then I saw uh, Ray, the Ray Charles uh, thing, at a predominantly blind movie theater, and they all gave me dirty looks. <laughs> at least I think they were. Yes, I couldn't see past their dark glasses. And I don't even want to go into the Helen Keller story. That was, that was real <laughs> trouble. Uh, in fact, the person was shaking their hands so fast and hard, and then somebody told me that that was them yelling at me. Oh. That's a very inappropriate uh, I, Helen Keller I think we joke. Beat, I think we beat this joke to death already. <laughs> but yet, uh, Tom Ellis is not the lead singer of Rush. No, he's he not. He's not in the movie Rush. He was in the, yeah, or is in the TV show. I guess it's still going. Never heard of it. And my wife likes those sort of things, and uh, she's never mentioned Rush. I'll have to ask her tomorrow. She's asleep right now. 
I'll have to ask her if she knows Tom Ellis. I don't know that, but the Welsh accent to me is pretty harsh. I yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Rush. But enough of that. We have beaten that one down, and you know what time it is. What time is it, brother? It's time for the books. Oh. Time for books. Yeah, I know. We do this podcast, and we we seem to have a lot of fun up until this point. But yeah, this is why we're doing it, isn't it? Yeah, it is why we're doing it. It's just I don't know for some reason I like talking about comics, but whenever we talk about comics on here, it just seems to drag forever. I'm sure forever. you're not the only one who thinks that. <laughs> you're not supposed to say stuff like that. We're supposed to be pushing it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, comics, great. Let's talk yeah, about we comics. Love it. Uh, what did you think in general about your week of comics? Um, I don't know. It was up and down, really. I don't really yeah. think I had uh, like a like an average. Like I'm telling you, it's normally like your week where it's just ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a pretty good week. Most of the stuff I um, I boycotted a, a book. You did not boycott. You just haven't read it yet. I boycotted it. I really? Yeah. Am I going to have to start doing that no, now? I'll probably do it. No, because what I'm talking about is Go- uh, Gotham Academy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Well, I'm telling the people. They don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Gotham Academy, which is uh, written partly by Brendan Fletcher, who told me not to ever tweet him again. I told yeah. you to, but then I got involved, and then he said for me not to. So, so again, that that would have been first day, Wednesday. I would have done that, and I'm sure it's great because I love the book. But I'm, I'm boy- saying you love this book. You can't boycott really this book. Yeah, I'm just. It, it really. I know it wasn't a, a conscious decision. It's just when it came, I just didn't feel like looking at it. It really got me down. It made me sick. It did. It made me sad. I'm a sad person. Look, they were yelling at me. They don't like me. You're fine. Read your books. Review your books. Yeah. Well, the first book is one of mine, and it's Batman number 39, uh, which is the penultimate issue of the Endgame story. It's written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo. But then we have all those Endgame tie-ins coming out. Yeah, I know. I don't, I'm not even convinced this is the penultimate. Well, then again, at the end, I think it did say the conclusion. So right. I'm saying I probably am calling it the penultimate issue when it won't be. And it's not I'm saying a goddamn you, word. Well, the, the thing about penultimate issues that I like is that they're penultimate issues. You know what else I like? I like when we look smart, and tonight we are not. Oh, absolutely we not. We are really coming off as morons, <laughs> more so gonna... than, than usual. You're going to say, they get a good look at us tonight. But Eric, you know what that Endgame story's been about? The Joker? No. I don't know what you want That was not an actual question. I was just, I was set up. (laughs) The Endgame story's been about two things to me. It's been about Joker being immortal and Batman struggling. Which I I don't mind Batman struggling. This whole fucking Joker immortal thing just rubs me the wrong way. No, I love seeing Batman fight for his life, but the Joker part I'm, I'm not convinced, I'm not too keen on. It's continuing, and it, it's definitely, to me, it's real. Um, yeah, me as well. I just, um, I don't know. It, it just rubs me the wrong way. In a part, what, it, what it seems to me is that they're, Scott Snyder is just trying too hard to do something different with the Joker. And it, instead of, you know, leave the Joker on the shelf and, and give us something new. But what he did give us new earlier was the Court of the Owls in the beginning of the New 52, and I loved it. You know I love yeah. the Court of the Owls. And good stuff. The end of last issue had a big promise of some Court of the Owls action. And you know what? They're a bunch of fucking liars. Yeah, it was it was unfulfilled. <laughs> what you got were them pretty much telling Batman they don't care, which I don't mind 
It's just that I was really looking forward to the Court of the Owls. But uh, so was I. Uh, a group like that that would be around sitting behind the scenes, I think they'd actually like what Joker's doing. I, I don't think that they would mind one bit. Oh, if... they, they, they came off, they didn't. Like, you know, this shit's going to happen. The city's going to burn down. It'll be and, rebuilt. We'll still be yeah, here. Yeah, and we'll be here. But, um, yeah, I really, and they had that fight. I thought that it, that was really odd. It just was thrown in there. It looked cool, though. The uh, the original talent looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. But you know what this issue was, though? To me, it was a lot of fun. Um, especially when Alfred got his hand cut off. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. What the fuck? The weird thing is, when I first read it, I thought that that was a dream. I thought that Alfred was still being uh, infected by the uh, Joker toxin a bit. <laughs> Only because he's getting his arm cut off and... Uh, uh, Julia's there. Oh, you know, I put him to bed and he's fine. And, and then, uh, no, he's not fine. Alfred. I is, can't believe Scott Snyder has done this. Yeah, he's Alfred. Rolling the Joker in my mind. He's fucking disarmed Alfred. Yeah. Uh, but then where it gets real fun is there's uh, going to be a big team up for next week that's set up this, this month or next week, next month with uh, Penguin, Killer Croc, Scarecrow, Bane, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, and Clayface all joining up with Batman to fight awesome. the Joker. And it was that, to me, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's I think it's so great. so cool. And I love the way that they did it. It seemed a little shoehorned in the story about how they're going to, you know, have the bat signal upside down. I thought and, that was cool. It was cool. It just seemed like all of a sudden that was in just to be cool and to set up that bit. But I really thought that was awesome. I even like Clayface. Now, I have an issue, though. I want to know if you have any understanding about. What's that? Because I don't understand why it's going on. But why does the Joker's face look like it's deteriorating? Well, I would believe that he, well, his face was off. I'm saying, though, and... but it was fine. And the, throughout this book, I don't remember his face, the side of his face being fucked up. And now it's just all, like, no, stabbed yeah, that thing, up. And... I, I, I just get the idea that either that's something that we're going to find out, that maybe yeah. you, if you've poked into something, that maybe this isn't the Joker. It's and not I right. Think, it's... But I think that it's just the way he's drawing it is that it's deteriorating. And there's no reason for that, though. He's supposed to be have this rejuvenation, yeah, fucking immortality thing that really I hate. But yeah. throughout this issue, he comes up to the and he comes to the Batcave, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he know? comes up to the Batcave and he's there just to collect uh, souvenirs. That was hilarious. So that he can have a parade. It's so, a crazy parade. You, please tell me you pictured Prince going on during that yeah, parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's what it was like. I think he was actually. I think he was actually poking fun at that. I was. I love that part of the book doing the parade. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what I said. This is one of my favorite issues uh, by Greg Capullo in the New Fifty Two. I thought that the the art was awesome, and I really liked like his uh, character designs on all the rogue. The well, that's, the, that's the bitch of it, though, because Scott Snyder is stuck so close to the Joker in the Court of the Owls, we haven't got to see these awesome characters yeah, done by yeah. Capullo. Yeah, it was it was so cool. I and... want to see a Capullo Clayface issue. That's the one the, like character that really blew up in my mind yeah. looking at this uh, this book. Yeah, well, and yeah, it's funny because it, it, he gave Clayface like a, a a lot of people make him just this blob, right? And uh, it really he all those characters he made look awesome. And I'm really looking forward to next week, or next month. I keep saying week because I'm I'm used you to. You think it's uh, bad turn on Yeah, I keep getting and and in fact, when I think about them, I get things mixed up all the time. But yeah, uh, to me, this was probably the most fun I had reading a Batman issue in a long time. 
I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm still not sold on the Joker being immortal. That, to me, seems like nonsense, but that's what they're going for. And the next issue, it seems that Batman's trying to get a sample from uh, Joker's spine. Yep. I don't know how he's going to do it, and, but it's going to be with a lot of help because there's also pretty much uh, the Bat family that can be in it or in it as well. And it's just seeing all those villains and the Bat family fighting together is is crazy. I dug seeing all them drawn by Capullo as yeah, well. Yeah, it was just awesome. I gave it a 8.9 out of 10. I I'm, actually, I'm... I was going to give it a 9. I gave it one less uh, because I thought that the Court of the Owls, just that was like a, a... That point was because of the court? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a screw you. You wanted to see the Court of the Owls. It's weird because uh, Scott Snyder does not have to rely on gimmicks. No. Book is the best-selling DC book. People love it. And yet it seemed like that was just a gimmick to get people excited. And... Remember when I did this and everybody wasn't pissed off about yeah, what I was yeah. writing? And he gave me the finger because I was so <laughs> excited. In fact, in my review, I, I haven't done it in a while. I linked to a video of how I felt when uh, the Court of the Owls were nothing in this issue. And it was that kid who woke up on Christmas morning and thought he got the Xbox, and his parents <laughs> put, like, socks in it. Worst video ever. Worst parents ever. Uh, but I linked it to that because that's how I felt. I thought this whole issue was going to be a lot of Court of the Owls stuff, and you'd learn a little more, and Batman would get involved. And pretty much they just said, eh, let it burn and do what you want. So then Batman gets real desperate and calls all the, all the villains. But yeah, the only, thing, only problem I have, though, is that um, everybody gets a face mask so they don't get all jokerized. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a breathing apparatus. Yep. And I was pissed off because I, I, Jason Todd had to go without the red hood freaking yeah, mask. Yeah. And I wanted, I love that that mask so much. Yeah, it is good. But yeah, they all, they all are in those masks, fighting it out, duking it out. But I really liked it. But uh, like I said, 8.9 out of 10. Uh, and I love Greg Capullo's art. That's all. Yeah, it, it all looks great. And I'm looking forward to the next issue, which I can't really say that I was saying that with a lot of them. I, Batman's one of those I really enjoy. I've said it on the podcast before that it tends to become work for me. Uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm excited for next issue. So am I. Yeah. But uh, next book is yours. Next we have Future Zen number 43, written by Brian Azzarello, Jeff Meyer, Dan Jurgens, Keith Giffen, with art by Andy McDonald and Hi-Fi. Yes. And you read this book, right, Jim? Oh, I read it. I did not oh. like it. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, you just started getting back into Future Zen. Yeah. This issue right here, the only reason we had it is so we could see that Brainiac, with his, his connection severed to the ship above, he could take his control to the console and turn it into some handlebars so he could fucking wheelie Manhattan out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, was all. Yeah, I didn't like the art. This no, I, this saying, week. I don't like Andy McDonald's art. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like it at it. all, and I didn't like the dialogue either. I thought that this issue was uh, complete garbage. I really didn't like it at all. Well, they had they had bits with Superman, which all it said was he was awake now, so yeah. we could get back in the fight. Then nothing yeah. about it. You know, Brainiac yeah. turning his control console into handlebars so he could fly it out Man Manhattan out yep. manually. Yeah. And a whole bit with Tim Drake and Plastique and Terrific Tech where they meet up with Key and Coil. And this whole thing, besides for the fact where they take out the Plastique monster from the future, yeah. was seemed only to be there so they could make a dick double entendre. Yeah, yeah. Be, Did you catch it, that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And it'd be cool if Hawkman was there and then they have the handlebars and it was like uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, that would be great. Flying out. That would have been good. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I really, really hated 
was there was a part where Batman and Mr. Terrific are talking, and they get a, a little chuckle out of the power still yeah. being on, and that Batman's smiling, and it makes no sense. And, well, the part that didn't make any sense to me is this whole time, well, this whole time, but uh, well, this whole time Mr. Terrific's been talking to Brainiac through this whole like series, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And now the shit's gone down. The last issue, he's all like, yeah, and he talked to me because I'm so intelligent. He's yep. all happy about the shit going down. The last page of this book, he's all regretful all of a sudden. He's like, yeah, I, I need your help, Bruce. Shit's going I'm wrong. I'm saying, not even that. It, it, at the beginning of the issue, he seems to oh, still yeah, be like, oh, and then it's Batman a, calls him selfish. And then all yeah, of a sudden, it's an about nowhere. face. And then he, yeah, yeah, I just, I thought that this, this issue, to me, seemed like it was just rushed. And like, oh, my God, we got to finish. Like, nobody knew. Nobody knew that March actually comes after February, and that was the end of it. And now, all of a sudden, you got the like you said, Mister Terrific has been, uh, you know, pretty pompous about everything. He's all boastful and proud, and now all of a sudden, he's got a about face to get the story going. And I, I really, like I said, I hated the art. Uh, I love. Batman Beyond, and usually any... Make, but, I'm saying, he makes Batman Beyond look stupid. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how anybody can do that. It just... And I thought Superman just looked completely awful. Like I'm saying, we like Bearded Superman from the... Oh, I do. I love Bearded Superman. Comics, is that right? Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and Bearded Superman. Here he just looks like a skinny hobo with his beard. Yeah, at one point he, they show him from the side, and he does. He yeah. looks like a hobo. It looks like he has a stick figure body, and they just cut it off right there at the panel. It's very odd the freaking way he decided to draw him in that profile. It uh, really bu bugged yeah, me the whole time. I, I didn't like it, and Andy McDonald can start sending you hateful Twitter. Oh, yeah. And then he'll be on the podcast again next week. Well, you don't send future Zen to him, thank God. No. Uh, in I fact, get... I get excited when you rate the future Zen over a six. I think that, <laughs> that to me, that's like that's a kick-ass issue. It used to be, but then all of a sudden it just decided to fucking like stop completely with the pace it was going on, and then it yep. took forever. And now we're finally getting somewhere, and this this feels like a filler issue. And yeah. the only thing we got out of it was handlebars for Brainiac. Yeah. What What did you give it? I gave this a five point five out of ten, okay. and I and that is actually high in my mind after we're talking about it. Uh, the only reason I gave it that though is because it sets the stage for like this thing. I think I've said this last week too, where I'm happy that it's setting the stage. Yeah. I think I'm just. Living off this hype of the stage being set because I want something awesome. Yeah, I would have given it a three. Yeah, okay. I, I would have given it a three. I thought it was just, I thought it was awful. People seem to like it on the site, though. They go read your review. Oh, yeah, that's one of the one, highest ones. Yeah, I it's have. one of the biggest books. And what's odd, though, is, and I keep mentioning this before, and I didn't pull it up, but uh, not many reviewers are dealing with this book anymore. No, was I the only one this week on Comic Book Rabbit? No, I think there two? was. I think there was one or th I think there was one other guy. I think it was you and somebody else. And I'm yeah. telling you, this is supposed to be an important book. It was until they fucking destroyed it with yeah. their nonsense. Uh, actually, this would have been a good thirty issue book. Yeah, actually, by now, uh, as of right now, uh, four people reviewed it. Oh shit, that must have gone up late. Uh, yeah, one one guy gave it an eight. Uh, down to you. You gave well, it the that's worst. DC com that's DC Comics. No, 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 no. That's no? all comic. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, Dan Licht. Licht? Sure. He, he gave it an really? eight. I'll have to get it on um, that. <laughs> he likes the t-shirt and jeans, uh, Superman. Well, yeah, I guess man. it's a, oh, you know. But yeah, that's it, why you have a site like this. Yeah, so it goes from eight to 5.5 and you don't like it. No. And I didn't. I, I hated him more than you. But yeah, let's get on the next book, which is another book of yours. I don't know why I did that. I usually go back and forth, but for some reason, I gave you another one, and that's one we both liked. 
Yes, Red Lanterns number 39, written by Landry Walker with art by Jay Calfiore and Gabe El Tabe. Is That's, that how you would say that, El Tabe? I'm going with you. We're the worst. We are, oh, yeah. we are I'm, the I'm worst for now. I'm curious what you go with, though. Uh, I think that's right. I... I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, okay, never mind. No, don't worry about it. Al-Tayeb. Al-Tayeb? Al-Tayeb. That sounds right. pretty fancy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to ask you a question before we get into this. Okay. What sounds better? Guy Gardner punching a baby in the face or Guy Gardner getting the shit kicked out of him by a baby? I think um, they both sound great. Really? Because I was thinking about this before the podcast, and I was like, you know what? The idea of Guy Gardner punching a baby in the face makes me so much happier than the knowledge than the that baby, he the shit. Than the baby yeah. punching him? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I saw, when I saw the preview to this book, I, like, yeah. I just paid strokes. I don't really look at the previews very much, and I didn't look at the dialogue. I just saw this baby like rage beating the shit out of Guy and Gardner. you were hoping that he punched him back. No, no, I was just—I thought it was going to be nonsense. I'm like, oh, yeah. come on, because I gave Landry Walker a like, you know, a six out of ten for the last issue of yeah, Red Lanterns, yeah. and uh, you know, I wanted something decent for the ending of uh, for Red Lanterns. Yep. You know, with this being the penultimate issue, it is the penultimate stuff. issue yeah. of the series, not just <laughs> yeah. this arc, but the series. Yes. The penultimate issue. But Guy Gardner's going along doing his whole thing where, like, ever since the atrocities were, the, uh, some places in, in America are having this rage virus go on. He's trying yep. to stop it. And when he comes across this one town, which, do you remember that episode of The Twilight Zone where it was that kid who could, like, wish people to the cornfield? Oh, corn yeah, field? I put in my notes that it, this is like a crazy episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's what all it reminded it's me of. This... Uh, did, did it remind you at the beginning with uh, guys walking around with that beard? If only he was jogging it, he would be Forrest Gump. <laughs> he's just walking. He's walking the country. He's uh, got people there, and yeah. It, but it did. That's, seem a, that's, to me... a, that's a weird part, though, because I never even thought about it. So right now is that he's got the power to fly. Yeah, and he's he just had... walking. He's walking. Yeah. All you right. Know, you know what? Another thing that made me laugh at the beginning of this is he's talking about things that he's done in the past, and he says that he's gone toe to toe with Batman. Yeah. And it made me laugh. He's going toe to toe. He's just his toes have to go his, horizontal. His, his toes, yeah, they were pointing vertical, up. Vertical, vertical, vertical. Yeah, they were pointing up. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, that kind of leads into uh, the baby punching him, which made me laugh. I, I, I laughed my ass off though because the whole book, which I thought was just going to be this fucking rage baby kicking the shit out of guy, which kind of is. Yeah. But Landry Walker wrote this so well for the humor factor. He made Guy Gardner so hilarious to read, I could not like put this book down. And again, I, I really enjoyed uh, the fact that Guy is a good guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to punch the baby. He wants to save the baby. <laughs> now, in a weird thing, are you getting the idea that... Well, I guess the Rage Monster... I was getting the idea that that was what's going to happen is it's going to suck all the hate and, and out of Guy... And it, it, was a, just, it was a parasite. It's yeah, like it, it made but I guy thought this was going to be the way that he would stop being a Red Lantern. And no, no, Because they have to come that. up with some way because there really is no way. I want Guy to stay a Red Lantern. I, I, I really like him. I do too. It. But it seemed like a weird sort of way to get him out of being a Red Lantern by this uh, parasitic uh, rage monster. Well, he overcame the rage monster that the baby controlled from its rage due because during the atrocities war, which this is the only part of the book I really couldn't get behind, is that when you're a baby, do you really feel that much rage? Like you're, it's it's this baby is like 12 months old. Its parents died during the atrocities war, and since that, he hasn't had family. Yeah. This baby has grown this rage monster inside, and it can like manifest this gigantic fucking monster. Yeah. 
I just don't see a 12-month-old baby being able to do this, in my mind, from the rage it would feel. I, I actually got the idea that the rage monster was already there and was getting the hate from the baby and using the baby to actually uh, get the hate. See, I saw but, it the other way, where the baby yeah. manifested this thing with its rage. Yeah. And then at the end, when, when Guy Gardner put on a DVD of the kid and its mom... Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But it, even then, I think that it was weird because Guy... Uh, was addressing the monster a bunch of times, saying, you know, don't, you're not going to feed off this baby anymore, and, you know, you're gonna, we're going to do our own thing, and I'm going to take the baby on a cross-country trip. <laughs> Walks away with the baby. Friggin', he, he is a kidnapper, and he should be arrested immediately. He's not a kidnapper. The baby don't have any family, and that town did not they want have that baby some anymore. That was, the, that was the funniest part, is he, he, you basically get the idea that if Guy didn't take that baby, they're stoning that baby oh, no, yeah. right now in an alley. The pitchforks yeah. fucking pitchfork a baby. Yeah, that's a hell of a town. That town created the first dead baby joke. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves the dead baby jokes. Uh <laughs> I just, well, no. Like I said, I got the idea that this monster showed up and was feeding off of the baby. And then they got rid of the monster and then the baby was kind of free. Well, that's the thing. I don't know how this rage virus works or the extent of where it's going. You know, if it can like, you know, manifest it's the rage itself as a monster and then to, like to use the baby's energy for it. But I just saw it as a manifestation of the baby's rage for what's happened to him. Yep. And then he used it to take care of him, whatever. Yeah. And uh, at the end, like... Uh, Guy like uh, made him mellow out a bit by showing him a DVD of his mom, yeah, and then he yeah. took the rage away and dispelled it. And then guy, <laughs> and then guy knowing that the town doesn't want this baby, just puts him in a backpack. And <laughs> puts like, him in the backpack and pulls a David Banner from the Incredible Hulk yep. that goes on down the road. He's the lonely man. He's walking <laughs> the road, uh, maybe hitchhiking. Like you said, I don't know why he's not making a. <laughs> Here we. <laughs> I don't know why Guy is not making some sort of uh, construct that he can fly away, maybe? Is that it's a part? papoose. It's good. Yeah, it's but good. instead he's walking with a baby. And he's walking. He might be hitchhiking like David Benner. You know what's funny about David Benner? Anybody ever pick him up? No. No, he's still <laughs> no. hitchhiking. He walked the lonely road. Yep, he walked the lonely road. The only road, road he's ever known. Yes. <laughs> like a drifter. Yes, like a drifter. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, uh, but no, I gave this book an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. Jake Calfiore draws the hell out of this book, and I really love the humor that Landry Walker put into this. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I probably would have given it an 8, 8 out of 8.5, something around the. Around oh, shit. I just realized something. Did I do that thing in the beginning? I don't uh, think I no, did. No, no, you didn't. Oh, talking about Landry Walker, before we did this podcast, I want to give a special announcement out there for anybody that might know or talk to him. I believe that uh, some woman has stolen his credit card. Because I was watching this. <laughs> this is bank. the announcement. Attention, Landry Walker. Yes. Landry Walker, your credit card has been stolen. The city double cash bag card they were advertising on a commercial. It's one of those Should awful commercials. Yeah, well, Where, this shows this woman who keeps buying all this different thing, and they showed the card for it, and there it was, L. Walker. I'm like, oh, Landry. no, Landry. Oh, no, Landry. <laughs> the worst part about those commercials are you see the people, and they're, like, down in the dumps. The minute they get any sort of credit with probably a 30% interest rate, they're buying everything. They, they can't stop. The next commercial for, for, should be about for people who want to go for help on how to manage their money. 
That's what they should do. He's all over again. Uh, it's what it is. It's like these things with like the um, the payday loans and crap like that. The yeah. worst one I saw was one where and nobody else has seen it. Maybe I made it up in my mind, but there's a uh, two. An awful well, there's two black guys and they're yelling at each other about needing money. All of a sudden, this genie pops out of this lamp, and these guys. It's the worst. It, it, to me. It's it's like a uh, step and fetch it type of you know oh you know like a minstrel show going on or something. It's so <laughs> offensive to me. But these guys see this white genie uh, that's giving them money. Next thing you know, they're buying stuff. I don't know. The one guy's yelling that his his woman needs something. I I don't know. But yeah, those commercials are awful. I don't know what I'm talking about. Push the crickets. Push the crickets. Yeah, it seems I, to work for me. No, there's no crickets for that. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Yes, but, yeah. but no, I, I like this uh, Red Lanterns. I, it was really good, and I, I hope that ends with this kind of uh, with this kind of humor. Uh, just ends on a high note is what yeah, I, I saw, want. Um, uh, was it somebody on the site commented they really didn't like that? And oh no, it was somebody on Tumblr. They okay, said I didn't that see they, it. they said that they thought this was a nonsense sort of way to end the series, and they're pissed off. They like Charles Soule a lot. Oh yeah, uh, who doesn't? They didn't like Peter Milligan, which you hear that all the time. Is oh, Peter Milligan was the best, and he wrote. The, I didn't I like didn't Red. Care for it. I no, didn't either. Like... I, it didn't interest me at all. Uh, but the next book, something that has always interested me, and that's the Flash, the Flash number thirty-nine, written by Robert Venditti and Van Jensen. Did you like my voice there? I had a yeah, it was crazy. A, I do like it. Uh, art by Brett Booth, and uh, these three guys, I love them. I love them like brothers. What I want to know is, I, I took a big break from the Flash after we started doing yeah. the site because you were reviewing it, and I've been reading it, you know, over the past two months now yeah. for the podcast. When the hell did Patty get so goddamn hot? Yeah, she's she's really. Hot. I think that what they're doing is that she's gonna end up not dating Barry, and it's like one of those where I think in her mind she's already leaving, and that's when the women always fix themselves up well, right before like the they're first... about to cheat on. I want to. I think I read like the first fifteen or so issues of Flash. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember Patty being this fucking hot. And oh. there's no way in my mind that I would ever leave Patty for yeah, Iris in this yeah, situation. I well, I was going to mention it a little later, but I'll go right in there. Uh, Iris is a bitch in this in this issue. She's really becoming awful. And no, I, wait, the, you said Iris? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, she's, she's Patty awful. No, Patty yeah. just seems like she just doesn't know what's going on. She knows yeah. something's wrong. Iris is just, she doesn't care who she takes down. She's going to the top. She She's wants, got Lois Lane. Yeah, I'm saying she wants to, she mentioned last issue that Lois Lane keeps winning those Pulitzer prizes. She wants one. Pulitzer. Pulitzer. And uh, she's a real bitch. But the thing is, at the end, uh, she's right because she's reporting that the Flash is a stone cold killer. Sure is. And He's hardcore, brother. He is hardcore. And she's right. Uh, but what the book. Um, what I was I was gonna say, I feel like I'm on a deserted island with this book because I really have enjoyed it. And I don't see a lot of love for this story arc. And I've mentioned it to you a lot and I've said it before in the podcast and in my reviews that I do wish that the future Barry and the Savage Savage Lands of the Speed Force, I wish it was given more of a um uh, more room to uh, develop both of those storylines, but I, I really like it. Uh, this issue, you actually get more of Overload, yeah. the villain who now you're. It's pretty much known now that this is why Barry has come back. Now, once he came back, that he wants to stop Overload. He couldn't before. 
Uh, this was like his greatest thing that he couldn't do, and he wants to stop and overload. And you so don't... he came back, and now he's trying to put right what once went wrong. Yes, yeah. And, and yeah. only with his hologram oh, now. Shut the only up. Right here. <laughs> the freaking quantum leap. Yes. Everybody loves Quantum Leap. I like Quantum Leap. But uh, I don't know that uh, future Barry's ever going to make it back home. What do you think? I actually, I I don't know. We have all these mixed timelines going on because we've seen Barry 35 years from now in the Future's End timeline where all shit was going bad. Yep. And now we have this 15 years from now, Barry. And, like, you know, he's got this weird-ass suit. He's a killer. Yeah. I I don't get what's going on with these timelines. Well, what it is is... Yeah, I, I think that... What it is. What it is. I don't... Um, what I was saying about Overload. Um, right. I actually... You don't really get a um, full-out origin of Overload, but at least this issue you get to see what he doesn't like. And what he doesn't like is technology, it seems. Yeah, technology is yeah. just fucking... Like a... That internet and those cell phones, he's against those. And what I liked about it is that it seems a little silly to me, but it also... I, I, I liked it. I liked that he's mad and he's going to do something about it and well, i like i like the bit where they actually talked about how the reason he realized why he's always hurting all the times when forever evil happened when everything was shut down yeah and he finally had and some he peace. felt better he felt yeah, he better felt great i i put my thing that it would be great if he was like during a little house in the prairie time <laughs> you know if he just was born in the 1800s maybe or yeah, seven, he even said that he even he'd said be that fine book. Yeah. he would be fine and it's all this, this is technology my this technology is just killing him. But he's there. You got Iris screaming and yelling that Flash is a killer. And then you go to my favorite part, which is the savage land of the Speed Force, which is what everybody seems to hate. But this whole time you've been there, and Barry has been in there. He doesn't have his powers, and he's, he's met up with this guy, Selkirk. And Selkirk says, I, have, I know how to get out of the savage land. And from the get-go, right away, I cried bullshit because... Why didn't he leave then? Yeah. So this whole time, and Barry doesn't seem to think that. And you know what? He should have. Because at the end of the issue, you find out that he has to sacrifice Barry to get out of the savage uh, land. Of course. And so all this time, he's just been waiting for a, a speedster to show up so he can sacrifice him. And at the end, you, uh... You get a I, pretty cool I'll double a panel. Spear in your chest, and the yeah. lightning will strike, yeah. and all will be well. Yep, all will be well. You know uh, what that's kind of like? Of us. You know what that's kind of like? How Jason got resurrected in Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Oh goodness gracious! Is that <laughs> that's what it was? Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, lovely. But yeah, it's it's not a good time for Barry. Uh, Future Barry's doing his thing. He's trying to stop Overload. Iris is trying to pretty much sell him out, and it all leads to Barry's going to get back somehow everybody's going to hate flash and it's going to be one of those things where he's going to have to make things right i believe that uh uh patty is going to leave him and yeah well, you're right she looks good yo she looks real good now my entire takeaway from this issue we have all this stuff going on like you just said yeah the only thing i really took away from was this was the flash's very special episode with about spousal abuse yeah oh uh, at one point yeah future flash <laughs> just grabs was it patty or iris yeah it was, she grabbed patty yeah and she throws grabbed- her and then she's, you know, and then Iris is helping him. Don't you touch your uh, And you know what the, the best is, is that do you know what then Overload yells at one point? He yells out, no more. 
And it made me laugh. I'm like, no, you know, everybody's that's, pushing this no more. For oh the my, that's, that's my entire takeaway from this issue. It's a very special episode about spousal abuse. Actually, I heard that the only way that a team will sign Ray Rice going forward is that if he reads this issue and realizes what he's done is wrong. No. Okay, guys. I'll never go back in time and try to kill people. No more. <laughs> Boom. Uh, I gave this issue a 9 out of 10. I really like it. I love the art. I know that Brett Booth is a big fan of dinosaurs. Yeah. And he gets to draw some in this one, and, and it, everything looks great. I really love his art. And now, Venditti called, like, he had, like, when he was running, he had one of the characters call out what these dinosaurs are. Yeah, That yeah. come and start attacking yeah, them, these pterodactyl yeah. things. Yeah. I think he's just making up words. I've never seen this word before in my I, life. I'm sure that he looked into but it. But I'm, sh- I'm saying, I'm, I'm sure, sure Brett that... Booth like, told him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm saying, oh. Brett Booth loves his dinosaurs. It, yeah, in my mind, Robert Van Diddy and Van Jensen probably called up Brett Booth and said, hey, what dinosaurs do you want in this? Brett which Booth robot dinosaurs? Boom, which there you go. Dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, so he draws them. But yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. I, I really have enjoyed this arc. It, this is the penultimate issue of it. Yes. yes. And I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to next month only because I really want to see how it ties up. And yeah. I want to see what direction. Hopefully there'll be a little hint of how and where they're going in June. Uh, because I thought this was a pretty cool little uh, deal. I get, I might my bet is that it'll all be a, a lot of uh, picking up the pieces from this and trying to make yeah. everybody like them. And I have a feeling that Patty's going to leave his sorry ass. Uh, I hope not, man. She'll get this issue. Yeah. Well, your next book is one that I read and I was confused and didn't really like, but you always like it. Yeah, Sinestro number 10, written by Cullen Bunn, with art by Brad Walker, Andrew Hennessy, and Jason Wright. Now... I always liked this book. I didn't really like this issue all that much. No, I, I gave it a, a decent score, but the majority of this book is Sinestro just getting restrained, Mo- Mongol monologuing, and then Sinestro monologuing, mm-hmm. and then shit getting real. You know what I put my notes? What? This book has a lot of words. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of monologuing, a lot of talking. That's the whole thing. The whole bit with uh, Mongol monologue is talking about how he salvaged some of Relic's gear from back during uh, the. Uh, was that? Yeah, it was just the Relic storyline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Relic. that. Yeah. How that's that's how he's draining Sinestro's power because he's like hooked it up to War World, and so he has this thing so the, the no lander can fuck him up ever again. Yeah. Can you uh, say that like three times real quick? No. War World. No, I cannot actually. I, can't I, I, str- I struggled trying to say it yes. that time. <laughs> Oh, it's the craziest sounding thing. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes. But anyway, um, so I did. I kind of appreciated that monologue. And Sinestro monologue is just, you know, that's basic Sinestro stuff. But remember last week when I talked about New Guardians and I asked, do you think, like, uh, can you think of any other books that are, like, doing any Future Zentaian stuff? Yeah. Like, they're talking, this one does. Yeah, it does. And I can't believe I didn't think about it last week because it has the Apex League who's working with Mongol. So after they take care of Sinestro... Mongol will help them take out the Paling, which is this like cult of people trying to purge emotion out of the universe. Yep. And the Apex League was put together to try to stop them. And they're just helping Mongol out here with Sinestro because this was the deal, I guess. And uh, Sinestro had sent out a distress call before he got restrained, and it went to the, uh, great, the Sinestro Corps, and they came in, and they're going to get their asses kicked because of this like uh, energy-draining stuff that Mongol has. The whole issue I don't care about because the whole thing for me was the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. 
where he sent out the stress call, but also sent out another one we saw, and it went to the new god Becca, who's sporting herself a goddamn new Sinestro ring. So there yeah. she is. She's a new god, and she's a fear lantern. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was so badass. It was badass. You know what else was badass? Was that full page spread uh, with all of the yellow lanterns showing up. Oh yeah, that was really that nice. Was, that was was one of the best things I've seen in a while. I really love that. I I'm saying I had some problems with this issue though because like Brad Walker's on this uh, this book, mm-hmm. and while I loved him on his work on New Guardians, I did not like what I saw in this. No, I, I, I thought, thought it was okay. I, I like that big weird. spread. I don't know. It's yeah, Mongo it just, was a little off. He looked a little off to me. I just really wish Dale Eaglesham was back on this book. Yeah, he had some health problems but. yeah he had a mini stroke i know yeah, yeah. we talked about it on the podcast yes before. we did um poor, but no i gave this poor book a guy six... and you're yelling about him you I'm, shouldn't, I'm, I'm, you I'm shouldn't be a jerk like, like that no you just said that he was lazy i never it's said not that, something you, you should say about the guy who had a stroke really i i'm not talking about your dad we're done here Ooh. my dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's stroking himself right up to the buffet oh, God. guy likes to eat <laughs> it's also in the um, hospital right now, you son of a bitch. For a stroke, that's what I'm saying. Oh, you jerk. Um, but no, I gave this book a 6.8 out of 10. But after, like, you know, I was writing this bit up a little bit, thinking about it again to myself, and I think I should have given it something lower, maybe just a 6 out of 10, because really it was just a cliffhanger that I was interested in this whole freaking issue. And I did like the Mongo talking about the like the light-draining uh, technology, but there wasn't much going on here. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just Becca showing up. And me wondering, oh my God, is she going to come here to save Sinestro or kill him? Yeah, yeah. I, I would think with the yellow ring that she's there to help him, obviously. Yeah, no, I think she's just testing out the power, trying to get the most so? Sinestro. She just shows more. up there. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's she's testing it out all right. But yeah, there was a lot of talk and a lot of uh, setup. Yeah, it just didn't do much for me, this issue. 6.8 out of 10, like, that actually just seems too high for me now. Really? Yeah, I think I would have given the 6 out of 10. Oh. My next book, uh, I might have the same feeling because it's Aquaman number 39, um, written by Jeff Parker, art by Paul Pelletier, and it is the penultimate issue of the Maelstrom story arc, which is Jeff Parker's final arc of Aquaman because Cullen Bunn is taking over in oh, June. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I, I seem to get the um, unluck of the draw. <laughs> <laughs> Where every time, like, I have Cullen Bunn's Lobo, and somehow, why is that not very good? Cullen Bunn no is idea. so good. And when I get it, so something tells me Aquaman, he hates Aquaman, and he's going to make it awful. Actually, <laughs> I, I bet you it's going to be awesome. But what also is almost awesome is this Maelstrom story, which I do like. If you're reading it, if you're not, what it is, is that basically Aquaman's trying to find his mommy. And in this issue, he finds, well, the cliffhanger last uh, month, he did find her. This issue, you get more into it. And it seems that she does not care to be found by him and doesn't even believe that uh, Aquaman is her son. That's and, I don't know if it's that she doesn't want him to be, want to be found by her son. She just don't believe his no, I th- Well, I don't think she wants to see anybody from Atlantis. She's gone on the run. She's in the Pacifica archipelago. Uh, that she is that wants, a thing? Yeah, yeah. She wants to be left alone. <laughs> And he shows up, and she's like, oh, what's this Atlantean business? And the worst, though, is he's like, I'm your son. And she, like, rubs salt in the wounds by saying, oh, if you were Orm, I'd believe it. 
like yeah. this crap. But uh, <laughs> and then the weirdest thing is, all this is going on. They're kind of yelling at each other, and then they they start fighting. And Mara has to point out that, uh, hey, your mom's pretty hot. Yeah, it's very I odd. That was, that actually turned me on a little bit. Yeah, is that weird? Yeah, that is, is that weird? very weird. But what happens then is they uh, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta. Sorry, that's the mother. Uh, attacks both Aquaman and Mera, knocks him out, and then in a scene reminiscent of Joe versus the volcano. I was gonna say I got I read this issue today, yeah. getting ready for this, and I'm, I asked you if you put any Joe no, versus the I volcano. No, I actually or... went Gilligan's Island because there was. Do you a think anybody times... knows that movie anymore? Uh, no, that was an awful movie. I saw it in I a theater. I love that movie. I saw yeah. it in a theater, and I was so pissed off that I went and saw that and wasted any freaking oh, money. Oh, get on out! That, that movie is freaking classic. Yeah. Did what did you just say before you mentioned that? I'm asking that nobody of, knows about it because it I stinks. say that about a lot of things. That was when Tom Hanks God. was already like hitting home runs, and then that piece of crap came out. Oh, I love that Meg movie. Ryan. I'm telling you, freaking Atlanta wants to go like sacrifice uh, Aquaman and Marriage the Volcano. I expected the Apati Wu to come out with their mm, orange crushed soda. Ridiculous. Do you remember that? Yo, I remember it. I'm <laughs> I getting angry so as you as you talk. I'm about to reach through the screen and punch you right in the face. Ava Goda was the freaking chief of the uh, the, the, tri the tribe. It was great. You know what's weird? Leonard Nimoy's dead. Ava Goda's still gone. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's probably been dead for seven years, actually. I don't, and like like you just said, they go to sacrifice them to uh, Karaku, the volcano god. Which, again, uh, sounds to me like a bunch of gibberish, but I'm yeah. sure that it's something. And uh, then crap goes really bad when Aquaman and Mera escape. They go running through the forest, and Atlana does her best Tarzan impersonation. Starts calling out. All these animals show up, and then, in what it, what I was hoping would turn into a Mexican standoff, the Atlanteans show up, and everybody's against each other. Everybody's screaming and yelling. And at the end, Karaku, the volcano god, <laughs> shows up, very pissed and very big. And looks like he's just going to step on them all and kill them. He looks like the rock monster from Galaxy Quest. Yeah, he that. does. He does look like the rock monster. But, man, it's pretty cool. Uh, it is Jeff Parker's last Aquaman story. And for up until this Maelstrom story, Jeff Parker has been all about the humor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's the last one? Like, he's well, no, I'm months? saying this is his last story. This oh, okay. Maelstrom yeah, yeah. Arc. not issue. I got no, you. no. This is the penultimate issue. <laughs> but it is his last story. For Jeff Parker. What's funny, though, for Jeff Parker is that this is like all the other. There was a lot of fun in Aquaman when he took over. I always point out when uh, Arthur goes back to his uh, class reunion. And <laughs> it's hilarious. It's really good. Um, but up until, like I said, nothing really had a lot of uh, substance to it until this yeah. story. So That's I, actually when I stopped reading Aquaman. Yeah, I, Jeff yeah I really like the story, though. I don't know. I'd have to. It's going to be one of those when you sit back, read it all again together. Uh, I hope that it stands up as well as I think it will, because I really do like it. Uh, but in the end, it's pretty much Aquaman trying to find his mom and uh, wanting to get the pretty much the rightful uh, claim to Atlantis, even though yeah. it seems like he really doesn't want to be the king of Atlantis. He doesn't. It's like hot and cold with him. He goes back and forth. Uh, what I did like about this issue a lot was Paul Pelletier's uh, art has been up and down for me since uh, Jeff Parker took over. At one point, it's, he really did slide uh, downwards, and I wasn't really enjoying it. But this issue gets back to what I really liked his art when Jeff Johns was going. He had a couple pretty cool uh, full-page spreads this time. He hasn't had a lot of those. 
I thought the art was great this issue. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 getting back to what it was. I don't except know what for, happened. Except it, for one panel. I, I had one panel that I had a problem with. And what was that? It was after uh, Atlanta released the animals. Okay. I, at first, I didn't know if a, this animal like like bit him because or Aquaman punched him in the kidney through his mouth. Oh, yeah? his whole arm was down this animal's throat. I'm, I'm trying you know, to pull it up. No, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I'm looking. Oh, it was uh, the crazy... Yeah, I see. No, actually, I think it's just if it's what I think, it looks like. Oh, yeah, he's punching him in the mouth. <laughs> he's punching him down. Yeah, through the he's throat. like grabbing his tonsils. See, that's the thing. But it looks like the animal actually it's bit a... him. Like he actually bit him. Like his whole arm down his fucking throat. It looks like a big like uh, snapping turtle. I didn't even know what it was. Like. I yeah, actually didn't looks... think these were animals when I was reading that's it. I don't know if I was paying it. that close it, attention. It's weird, too, because as they run, there's looks like a mini Tyrannosaurus Rex is involved, too, in this one panel. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Uh, and, in fact, if I really wanted to uh, nitpick, that whole fight with the animals is a little off the... Uh, uh, it's a little less detailed than the rest yeah. of the issue, but, but man, the rest I, of the I, issue looked great. I thought. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the art. It's like a return to form. The last couple issues for uh, Pelletier, but yeah, I, I gave it an eight point five. Eh, I might have gone a little over it. You know, I don't know what's the difference between an eight point five and an eight, really. Yeah, I would give it an eight. I think. Yeah, I think an eight would probably been better, but I give it an eight point five because I do like the story. I like that Jeff Parker's got a chance. To uh, uh, tell a, you know, a meaty story, not just the, just jokes and and wisecrack stuff, but yeah, I like that. And uh, we're gonna take a little break because what we have coming up is the segment, the other side with Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and uh, okay. you you like Brightest Daycare? Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, and I believe that he is going to be talking about Darth Vader number two. Did you read Spider the, Gwen. and Spider Gwen? Did you read the first Darth Vader? No, I did not. Yeah, neither did I. Have I you read the to, second? I... Have you read number two of Star Wars yet? No, I have not. Yeah, I I didn't like that issue. A lot of everybody seems to love it, but I I, I really enjoyed the first issue. But yeah, uh, but of those two, you were kind of excited that he was doing Spider Gwen. Yeah, Spider Gwen is something I could really get into because yeah. I'm like before DC Comics. You know, I was a huge Marvel kid growing up, and I love Spider Man. And actually, Gwen Stacy, I could say, is like my like my first true love because I was reading back issues, and this is before I realized that she died. Nerd. You no, know, she had, she had died for like twenty years by yeah, the time you I didn't read know. this. I had no idea. It's funny. And then I that... finally read it, and I'm like, it's still I'm devastated from it. <laughs> Here's a deep cut story. Uh, the do you ever hear of the Who song "Pictures of Lily"? Uh, I believe so. I can't think. Well, of it's head. about it's about a kid who uh, his dad pretty much seems to me like gives the, his son a bunch of naked pictures of a lady, <laughs> and he goes off and does what he does with them, and then finally declares to his dad like I love her, and the dad says, "Man, that, that woman's been dead for twenty years." It just reminded me of your Gwen Stacy. You know what reminds me of that though? Is it even that? weirder? <laughs> yeah. This is this is my family. Does somebody point, get herpes in this? No, no, it's okay. along those lines, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It, it, for, I don't know why this made me think of it. As soon as you said that, though, it reminds me of when I first met Sally Starr when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was performing at some winery. My pops back in the day used to take us to wineries all the time because she was a terrible alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I'm just sitting out there watching Sally Starr sing old cartoon theme songs and whatnot. And then I go home and I tell my mom how I met Sally Starr. Mm-hmm. 
And you know what she tells me? A little oh, kid. I know what she told you. And I, <laughs> See, I don't, you, I don't even, it's I don't not even what, it's not even that because I have a story with Sally Starr and I'm sure it involves <laughs> the same thing. And I, I'm sure it involves her on her back with her legs open. Yeah. yeah. My mother proceeds to tell a little boy, oh yeah, your grandfather fucked her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my old boss. He cheated boss, on your grandmother with Sally Starr. My old boss uh, used to tell stories about how when he was in a band, he used to nail Sally Starr all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this woman was like the loosest cowgirl that ever uh, went say, this south of the Sally Pecos. Yeah, what's that? Does anybody know who Sally Starr I don't Star think is? anybody does, but uh, back in the day, everybody knew Sally yeah. Starr. Yeah, I heard that two things. She was a whore and she was a drunk. Yeah, it makes sense. Sally Starr. everything I found out. Yes. Yeah. You know that's who Shirley Mel- Do you know Shirley Muldowney is the queen of speed? No, I did not know that. Yeah, she was a woman race car driver. The only reason I say that is when I was growing up, they used to have one of those, uh, you know, the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, yeah. They used to have one for uh, something like in the Allentown Speedway or the Pocono Speedway. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. every time I, I'd pay attention, uh, Shirley Muldowney was there, and they'd always say the Queen of Speed, and uh, Sally Starr was always there <laughs> doing something, probably nailing everyone. She, you probably paid a ticket to see a, a race, and then you got to nail Sally Starr in the parking lot. Uh, I remember she didn't look that good when I was a kid. So. No, that's. I actually um, went and looked up when my old boss told me the story. I looked up because I'm like, I don't remember what she looks like. And, whew, I wish I didn't look it up. Because, <laughs> man, I, my boss himself, he wasn't a real good looker at that point. He's like 88 at that time telling me his, his, you know, his old his stomping grounds. Yeah, it's awful. But I don't know how this deals with the other side with Ryan, uh, Brightest Daycare Clark, but a hell of a segment uh, opener. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And let's I, get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the second edition of The Other Side of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, coming to you with my second installment. And for number two, we have a double-sized edition. Don't get used to it. I'm not doing three next time. That would be a lot of work. Uh, For the first one here, uh, my first non-DC book for this DC podcast is Spider-Gwen number one from Marvel Comics. This book is a spinoff from the Edge of of Spider-Verse tie-in books for Spider-Man's most recent event book. Um, from there, we got the backstory of Gwen Stacy in this world. For this issue specifically, we got her first experience with the character that is the Vulture. Uh, we got to see them doing some of the, the prerequisite spider um, fighting as it is swinging from the buildings in the city. I really liked the part where she was calling out the Vulture using very sophomoric jabs with graffiti sprawled across the the buildings in the city. I thought that really seemed a neat sort of ploy and very Spider-Man-like rather than shouting quips. She uses modern-day sort of, you know, cyberbullying in the real world to get him out and says that he reads terrible with a with a U terrible comics. I thought that was great. Uh, And also in the book, we got to see um, some other Marvel Universe analogs where the Punisher was a police officer and uh, Daredevil was working with the police. Uh, We got to see um, 
Spider Gwen um, out of her costume in dealing with the fallout from her leaving the band, the Mary Janes, which creates some good teen drama in a book that doesn't need to be laden with it, but also still has a lot of action. There's a, from the, the main cover, there's a ton of bright colors and fun artwork. Uh, it was a great reboot of the character in this different universe. So we're getting a new version of Gwen Stacy, but we're not resurrecting the character that died to make earth 616 Peter, who he is. So we're not losing any of that impact. Uh, all in all, this was a great first issue. It's a really solid jumping on point. Two weeks in a row, we're getting new female-friendly spider books. And uh, from here, I really only see big things coming for uh, Jason Aaron and the creative team and the character of Gwen Stacy. And before I get into my second book, I'm going to crack this Gridlock Energy Drink, the official unofficial sponsor of the DC Weird Science podcast, and also then by ex uh, extension, the other side brought to you by Gridlock Energy Drink. Uh, here we go. Okay, that's uh, not not as bad as I was expecting. So. I can actually continue with my reviews, which is good. I don't have to stop and use the bathroom, so I will carry on. Um, the next book I'm, I'm reviewing is another Marvel book, so we get a little Marvel two-in-one here with uh, Darth Vader issue two. And in the second issue of this book, we see truly how the mighty have fallen. This is Darth Vader post Episode 4, A New Hope, so the Death Star has been destroyed. He has suffered a huge blow, both to his baby in this thing he created, the Death Star, but then also his reputation as a Sith Lord and a force to be reckoned with, because he was beaten by some punk kid. So now he's on a, on a, a sort of path of vengeance to find out who this young X-Wing fighter pilot is, and to vanquish him, but the Emperor assigns him a new, um, basically, um, superior. Somebody who's going to look over what he does, and he's going to keep him in line. And the, this new Grand General Tag, T-A-G-G-E, Tag, or Taggy really does not like Darth Vader. And he says in the book that he, as Darth Vader, should learn to view himself as his lightsaber, which as a Jedi and a Sith is their number one weapon, but it is a weapon to be wielded. And I thought that was a really neat idea. I mean, it sucks for Darth Vader because he's basically being told that you're a dumb object for somebody better than you to use properly. So that's not cool. But I thought it was a really interesting way of putting someone like that in their place is to use the thing that you hold dear to really just get right at the heart of the problem. Um, he's also assigned a new sort of assistant or a subordinate who's supposed to look over what he does. And there's a lot of uh, 
um, back and forth in this issue between the, the general and Vader and his subordinate. And there's mentions of last issue when he brought in the bounty hunters to hunt down the the people from the, the munitions base and the, the rebel pilot who bested him. Um, so there's a lot still that's being built and a lot of things that are, are coming from this. The book is beautiful and cinematic, which is absolutely perfect for this kind of a series because it should feel like it's adapted from a film. And it really is. All the beats are there and Vader is very much who he should be, at least in my mind. Um, and I think that hopefully somehow, I don't know how, but somehow I hope Darth Vader finds a way to make things right. And I think that this book at least has a very bright future, even though his future and past for a much greater extent, even are a lot less than glowing, uh, <laughs> signs of what he's capable of. I mean, there's a whole bunch of movies that go to show you just not how great things end out for him on a regular basis. But uh, those are my two reviews and my gridlock endorsement for this week. Uh, once again, I'm Ryan, brightest daycare clerk. You can find me on Twitter at BDC Comics. You can find my Facebook page, facebook.com slash brightest daycare. And I'm also on Tumblr at brightestdaycare.tumblr.com. And uh, we'll see you guys here next week when I catch you on the other side. And we are back. Guess what I did during the break? What'd you do? Started eating a burrito. Okay, I was like, I, I know what you were doing, so I was like, do you want, do you want me to say? <laughs> I was just ready to say we're back, and I had this big piece of burrito in my mouth, and I was eating it. Yeah, and I had my headphones on, it was gross as hell. Mm-hmm. And right now, I actually I have two burritos, they're sitting here, but now I have no way to eat them. They're just sitting <laughs> laughing at me with one bite out of them. Actually, I believe they're chimichangas. I, I think you did your things like ass backwards. Then. You, I, you know what the the best thing about it? It's like that the pack of eight. That's like two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. And like you're like, oh, I don't know if I want a burrito or a chimichanga. They're two dollars and fifty cents. There's no difference between the burrito and the chimichanga. <laughs> and why do they even? Do, you know, it should just say like it should chimichanga's be, sweeter. I just think to me that I don't I at two dollars and fifty cents I'm not getting much of a difference. It actually should come in like a white wrapper that just says Mexican on it and you grab it and whatever it is you go. Uh, I know that you like those huge burritos that that are at seven eleven and I love seven eleven yeah, burritos. I tried one the one time, it gave me diarrhea all night. That's because you're not used to it, it man. Yeah. You told me get the chicken, don't get that beef. That beef's you know, it's spicy. I didn't think you'd be able to handle the spice. I think though. I would have rather have handled the spice. Yeah, because... then you would have had a burning diarrhea. Maybe. Actually, I don't. <laughs> I think it was the chicken. It was one of those. I was eating it, and you ever eat like something that's you know, quote unquote, chicken, and then you get a piece that I don't know. It's like hard and and like it's not gristle. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm saying it's beak. <laughs> a little bit of beak in there. That's I got one of those. Plus, the thing was like a foot long. 
Yeah. And I, I heated. You took yours home. We got them at the same day. You took yours home to eat. I heated mine up at Seven Eleven, and I was trying to eat it as I was driving <laughs> to pick up my kids. The thing was falling all over the place. It looked like if anybody, it looked like I had an elephant trunk. Yeah, thing. I was civilized. I went home and got a plate. Oh my god, it was all over me, the car. Then um, my son Rafe and uh, my other son Logan, who I go pick up at the elementary school, they came out. I'm there trying to shove this thing in my mouth so quick because if they see me with something like that, they're going to want one. And I did not. So maybe I, I just felt like crap for like two that's days. Right. It's like I'm a big connoisseur of 7-Eleven because it's right yes, down the street. You are. I, that's, I that's... love the convenience. And yes. nothing worse to me than when you go and get a burger from there and you're eating burger and then you bite into what feels like a bone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the worst. I mean, it, it happens sometimes. You got to get over these things. It's weird. The thing like that that makes me most like ill to my stomach is if I'm eating eggs and I bite into a shell. Yeah, and I, really, I, don't, I don't eat eggs. So. But out of everything we just mentioned, that's probably the least disgusting. But yeah. it's the consistency because you're biting into something so soft, like a you know scrambled eggs or an omelet, and then when you bite it, oh, it's it, it it's making me ill right now. I don't eat eggs. I'm sorry. All right, but I'm going to say that this book is yours so I can sit here and eat a burrito while you talk yeah, about eat it. Eat your burrito here where we talk about Arkham Manor number 5 written by Jerry Duggan with art by Sean Crystal and Dave McCaigue. I don't now, uh, Get away from the microphone. I'm Just, trying to done. talk. You're, oh, God, you're done. Just get away. Get away. I was not a big fan of this issue. I enjoyed the issue for a while. I found it very entertaining, but uh, like it's really anticlimactic because the whole issue was about Batman – taking out the killer behind the walls at Arkham Manor, yeah. which has been this big lead-up, which if you could say big lead-up, it's only five issues in. But he just beats the hell out of the guy. The guy bites his tongue off so you know he's crazy. And then Dr. Arkham says, oh, yeah, he was one of those day laborers that we were converting the manor into Arkham. He went missing one. He just didn't come in one day. He and Batman's like, a, like, why did he look like a miner? He looks like Paul. <laughs> guy we work with. <laughs> yeah, guy has, like, three teeth and... Uh, not, yep, a, Paul. <laughs> not a fucking brain cell in his head. Um, Paul. I'd like to call the guy Paul. It did look yes. like him. It might as well be. I'm saying, though. And then, that's the thing. We have no background here. It's just Dr. Arkham saying, oh, yeah, he used to work here when he were converting the yeah, matter. Yeah. And then he didn't show up for work one day. And then Ben was like, he never left. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you get. No, I, I love the point, too, where the to really make it so you can't really pin him down on anything, the guy doesn't have fingerprints. Like yeah, he, he, burned he, he burned off his fingerprints a long time ago. So basically, you got a guy who looks like a you know minor forty nine er there, picked with his. <laughs> didn't he? Have, he had like a miner's helmet on with it with was a, a weird light. thing. Where, yeah, with four lights on, and for some reason they called him Spider. I didn't ever get the reference. All of a sudden, he's just the Spider out of nowhere. Um, this is the penultimate issue of the, yes. This is the penultimate of issue the series. Of the and when you first started reading Arkham Manor, did you think that this was going to be the big story that they're going to tell? No, I actually thought it is where we're going for next issue with Seth Wickham because he's been in the background for yeah. this whole time but they really made it like point out that Seth Wickham like you know was this fucked up kid who got his parents institutionalized him he wound up at Arkham which really fucked him over because then that bad shit happened at Arkham and then you know he thinks he's he thinks he's dead after because the whole whole all of Arkham collapsed on top of him he was trapped underground for yeah. days and he thinks he's yeah. dead instead though they they have Batman kicking Pappy Parker out the window and, <laughs> and saying like now they know that I'll, I'll protect them. It, it's so, this issue was so ridiculous. I'm sorry, I found it entertaining, but it was. It was very anti-comactic on this because are we going to get back to freaking Paul for this next issue? We're going to find know. out who this guy is? 
I don't think we'll ever see him again. Neither do I. He's not, like, I'm saying, is this the character we had the killer behind the wall? It's this big, suspenseful thing. Oh, he's done now. All right, let's go back to Seth Wickham. Because Seth Wickham last issue was uh, being transferred to uh, the uh, Gotham Hospital. Yeah. Or Gotham General. And then he broke free and escaped into the night. And now Batman, after, uh, after taking out the spider, finds out that Seth Wickham escaped. So he goes back to where Seth Wickham used to live with his parents. Yep. Finds his parents murdered. That was a whole big cliffhanger, yep. which yeah, yeah. you know was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, after reading this issue and like you know knowing from the first issue what happened to this kid, he was a little fucked up. He could have used a little bit of counseling. Maybe he would have been all right. He just got like fucked a, over. A big brother. Yeah, something. Just to like he have someone to talk to because his parents fucked him over so bad by institutionalizing him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have killed him too if it was me. That was, that was Mr. Freeze in this issue, right? Yeah, Mr. Freeze was hanging out outside. Yeah, he's he, hanging he, outside. You know what? This, this book does not seem to me to fit in the new 52 whatsoever. <laughs> to me, there's, you know, we're see, we just saw Mr. Freeze in Eternal. Yeah, and we, in Batman. And Batman. Yeah, in Batman. And uh, uh, this Mr. Freeze likes throwing snowballs. Yeah, He's Mr. like Freeze, playing around throwing snowballs. The last issue, Mr. Freeze helped, um, you know, Batman out when he was under his Jack Shaw persona. Yeah. yeah. Uh, helped him stop Clownface. And then they were like, Jack Shaw, he, like, Batman's like, oh, yeah, I'm Jack Shaw. I'm going to go escape now. What are, you, what are you doing, Freeze? I'm staying here. You know yeah. what? I don't have anywhere else to but go. But you know what I'm saying? It, it just doesn't, it, it's all silly. Yeah, yeah. timelines are fucked up. And it, it's just these characters, like this Mr. Freeze is not Mr. Freeze to me. No, he's, he's a silly younger brother he's, of Mr. Freeze. He likes silly. making snow angels. Yeah, he's making snow angels. He's throwing a couple snowballs, might break a window, run a runaway. You've got this, Mr. Freeze, and later on we talk about Batman Eternal. We have a completely different Mr. Freeze. I'm, that's what I'm saying. It, it, this book, maybe this would have been a better book to come out in June as like a six-issue mini. That but it had ties no into ties. Batman Eternal. It but it does, but it doesn't. It does in concept. Yeah. In, in the execution to me, it just does not seem to fit in the new 52. Yeah. It just seems goofy. And it may be the uh, part of it is the uh, cartoony art. Which, yeah. I, which I did like, but that's the thing. That's the biggest problem I have with the series is I hate Sean Crystal's Batman. Yeah, I think yeah, the awful. Batman's odd. At one point, the guy has a bigger chin than I don't know <laughs> Bruce Jay, Campbell than Jay Leno than Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's like so big. It, it's there's this weird profile. I'm like, oh god. But uh, what that kind of points to me of what I don't like is that Batman changes his look every panel. Yep, he's got a different look, and yeah, I I was not a fan. Uh, I'm not going to miss this this book. I actually, I, I don't mind. I initially thought to myself when it came out, I was like, "There's no way this is an ongoing series." And then it, we found out it wasn't, which made yeah. sense to me. Yeah. I haven't m- minded it in the first issue. I minded because we saw Bat- like uh, Sean Crystal's Batman, and I hated it. And then after that, you don't see Batman again until this issue, yeah. and it was been great. I've really been digging it, but this is anticlimactic here. You got Batman, and like, uh, I, but for the most part, I didn't mind it though. I, I got over my fucking nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I was not a big fan. Uh, you gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, seven out of ten. What I hell enjoyed, were I you think, thinking? I still would go with it. It's yeah. an entertaining book. I probably would have went like six, maybe a five point five, only because that freaking the spider. Freaking yeah, agreed. That that was a little off for me. Ridiculous. But and maybe I maybe just, we'll have a good wrap up uh, next uh, next month. I don't yeah. know. Well, uh, the next book is a book that I liked, and you didn't. So it's we're reversing uh, our thoughts here, and it's Deathstroke number five, written 
written and art by Tony S. Daniel. Yes. And I'll tell you, Deathstroke is a is an odd book. It's very slow moving. We're in the fifth issue. You're starting to learn a little about his past. He's kind of a, a lot of surprises up and down. Obviously, Deathstroke is not what he used to be. He's de-aged. Yeah. He's a young guy. Um, he had been heading off to Gotham to find his son, Jericho. And in the meantime, found out that his daughter, Rose, was there. Also, that his grandpa, or his father, who he's trying to kill, is going to be there. It's like one big effed up freaking now, uh, family I, reunion. I don't know, but it seems like his supervillain name is Grandfather. Is that right? <laughs> That's now. That's it is Jericho's grandfather. So, but yeah, yeah no, so it's it's Odysseus. Grandfather is grandfather. here. Grandfather, yeah, it's Odysseus, and uh, Odysseus is hanging out with Lady Shiva and Bronze Tiger. Now, I'm, I was reading this book earlier, and this is the first Deathstroke book I've read since mm-hmm. I think Villains Month. Okay. And I, I, I'm telling you, I didn't. I was going to go back and look, and I realized how lazy I was. But I was pretty sure that Jericho died in Villains Month. Yeah, well, he didn't know. Uh, this whole series has been like a bunch of, of uh, a series of events. Of I thought you were dead. Oh, you're not dead. And oh, I okay. Thought, yeah, everybody thinks the I other had no guy's background dead. going in. In fact, um, Odysseus is under the wrong impression that Bronze Tiger has killed Deathstroke. So he's right. showing up in Gotham. He doesn't expect Deathstroke to be there because they had uh, kind of brainwashed Bronze Tiger to go back and tell Odysseus that he had killed him. That was uh, last issue. But, yeah, that's uh, a ballsy move right there. Yeah, and it all, last issue kind of... Uh, <laughs> you, have, you, have you seen the new trailer for uh, that new Liam Neeson movie, like Taken Six, yeah, Run All Night? Yeah, yeah. I it seems it. like that bit there where they're sitting there talking about, you ki- like, I killed your son. I had to kill your son. You know, like... Yep, uh, like yeah. you, <laughs> That's what it is for me, but with like uh, grandfather and bronze tiger to sitting at that table talking about yeah, how I killed just your son. Talking about killing people, and there you go. Uh, you and your Liam Neeson talk. Derailing. Six. I, I was already having problems focusing on what I was going to say. And oh, I'm you, sorry, baby. You completely screwed me over now. We're doing this podcast till three in the morning. But yeah, what it is, this issue is about one thing and one thing only. Uh, and that is Deathstroke fight, fighting back. Fight, That's fight, what it is. Fight, I put fight. it. It's a fight, a fight, uh, an assassin, and a, and a knight. That was my little clever head. I thought it was kind of clever, yeah. Yeah, So, but that's all it is. Uh, Harley has set up Deathstroke to fight Batman, and I liked it. I actually had a lot of fun with this. Um, Deathstroke, the book itself, has not been fun. I've liked it, but it's not exactly fun because basically the book is about a lot of blood, Yep. A lot of severed limbs. This is what I get from just the covers. Yeah, a lot of severed limbs and a lot of slow-moving story. And you, you get a little bit of a story here, but this is mainly a fantasy brawl between Deathstroke and Batman. And they fight it out for page after page. And the us- entire freaking yeah, book well, almost. Usually I, I, I cry nonsense with something like this, but I actually liked it. Because of the inner monologue that Deathstroke's giving, where you get the idea it's like a chess match between Batman and Deathstroke. Each of them are countering each other. They know what their moves are going to go. And basically, if you don't like that sort of thing, then you'll like Harley because she gets really pissed off. She <laughs> wants to see somebody win. She wants, it, to me, she wants both of them to get killed. Uh, so she starts yelling and then blows up the building they're fighting in. Because <laughs> uh, she's had enough, 
She uh, was the best part of this issue to me. Yes, she was. She was great. Uh, though the part I like best with her is then when she gets on her little Vespa with Deathstroke and they drive off. Watch the boobs. It's, it's pretty funny. But in the meantime, you get a little bit of Rose and Jericho, which pushes the story forward where uh, Jericho, they they go, Rose takes Jericho trying to kind of, quote unquote, cure him from all the fucked up crap they've done to screw with his mind and try to use him. Well, that's why Odysseus is there to get him. And, is he a Weapon X? Yeah, basically. And um, then what happens is uh, Rose cuts the guy's head off. So this, this book, once again, has blood and severed limbs. And then the cliffhanger is Odysseus showing up with Lady Shiva and Bronze Tiger uh, to take Jericho away. Of grandfather course, is yeah, here. Yeah, grandfather's there. Of course, next issue, you're going to get uh, Deathstroke showing up. And it's going to be one big family reunion. And I've, I've never been to a family reunion. Have you? I have the good times. Yeah, I've never. Uh, my family is not that close to have. Uh, Neither reunions, am I. <laughs> but I would love to think that a family reunion of mine would involve hamburgers and hot dogs and potato salad. Yeah, it's good times. Potatoes, I said. And pot- beer. Potato salad, I said. What's wrong with potato salad? I like potato salad. Do you like? Do you prefer potato salad or macaroni salad? Potato salad. I I'm I go kind of back and forth. Do you ever have a potato salad sandwich? No, I have not. Yeah, I actually saw... That sounds like nonsense No, no, I saw it on a uh, cooking show once, and I tried it. Very good. You just kind of load it into like a hamburger bun. Away you go. My meemaw makes the best potato salad there is. Really? Is hers a sweet type of potato salad, or is it uh, just a standard... Is it red potatoes? Uh, n- yes, yes it is, okay, yes. So she probably leaves the skin on the potatoes? Yes. Yeah, that's that's awful. Your your meemaw makes the worst potato salad with onions and some egg. I don't mind that. That's good. But the, the See, I, don't I don't like, like eggs, but I don't. I like it in this. I don't like the red potato salad. I actually like the Amish potato salad, which to me tends to be a little sweeter, right? Than uh, the red the red one. I I don't like any sort of thing like that that the you don't take the skin off. Well, when I go to my meemaws this summer, I'll bring you back some. Yeah, I'll freaking be on the toilet again for two weeks. It's not 7-Eleven food, man, damn. <laughs> it's 7-Eleven burritos and your freaking Mima's goddamn potato salad. We'll have a freaking picnic. Me, yeah, you, like Deathstroke, Odysseus, and Jericho will be eating potato salad sandwiches. Um, but the, my, the whole thing I didn't like with this issue is that the whole inner monologue that you love, yeah. I hate it because it's just Deathstroke whining about how... Why am I not better than this anymore? Because he's all I, DH'd I and to, shit. Like I said, to me, yeah, he gets... he It screws him up. In fact... Did you get the idea that at one point he was just going to pull out a dagger and stab his eye out? Yeah. that's what I like, thought was he happening. He complained that he can't, he's yeah. better with one eye really that does that, nothing about yeah, it. I really thought that he was going to stab himself <laughs> in the eye. For some reason, I actually just, when I was reading this issue, when he said the whole thing about he's better with one eye, yeah. I started just doing, like, punching with one eye yeah, closed yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason. I don't and know. Got, I know that that's a, a thing, but uh, I don't know. I think that I'd rather have two eyes. You I can would say as well. all you want, but I think that I'd try to, you know, get... Like, my, my right eyes. eye is almost dead. I prefer yeah. to have two eyes. You are blind. Yeah. And I wish people could see you right... You have your glasses on right now? 
Shut up. Those freaking things. Eric has these glasses that the one, they've been broken a million times. Fucking car ran him over. Yeah. (laughs) We found He dropped him in the parking lot at work. And we found him the next day run over. He goes in, he gets on a a headset with a magnifying glass and starts putting them together like the freaking $6 million man. Oh yeah, we, except it's they, the it's the two dollar and fifty cent glasses. Is the new but they series. ain't faster, stronger, or better. No, That's damn they sure. might have a mustache now, but man, uh-huh. if you look at, I said actually, we were talking about your glasses at work this week. <laughs> I said you're the only one who wears glasses that you can see around a corner and up at the sky at the same time. <laughs> you're like the super spy. Freaking worst glasses ever. We have freaking insurance that'll get you new glasses. You you don't even know how to use that insurance, do you? I, I don't like doctors. Yeah, yeah, you know what you would like being able to see. I guess I've been used to it for so long now. They're the worst. And yeah. I tried to put them. You know, you know the the big joke when you put somebody else's glasses on. You, I I swear to God, I'm. Still, you put your hands out. Uh, uh, no, I'm still seeing visions at night from what the hell I saw with those glasses on. <laughs> I think I saw the like fifty years in the future. And my weird, my world's a weird looking place, isn't it? Oh my God, it's bad. <laughs> Uh, but I gave this an 8.5 out of 10, and I know you're going to poo-poo on that. But uh, I don't know. I probably would have given it a 7. I liked it. Like I said, this book has been pretty much um, a slow-moving affair as is, and usually I'll be crying for more of a story progression. I don't know. With with Deathstroke and Antonius Daniel doing it, I'm just I'm along for the ride. Uh, I'm, I love the art. The art is kick-ass. Oh, yeah. The, art, the art was stellar. fantastic. And like I said... Uh, five issues Stella. in, and I really, I, I think it all comes down to I really don't care. This is going to sound awful. I don't care where the book's going. Uh, do I. I'll, I'll be there when it does, but it's it's Deathstroke. He, he fights things. He uses his sword. He shoots things. And uh, I do like in the issue where he does call Batman out, uh, like everyone does, is I'll, I'll take it to the next level. You won't go there. Yeah. Uh, and Batman kicks him right in the face i'm saying there's no way this book is surviving it's already it's issue number five it's already bringing in batman as a gimmick to sell more copies yeah yeah i don't yeah possibly but um it's a it's a very odd um first arc because you're you're getting the um you know the fresh looking deathstroke and all that but they're again you say batman but they're also bringing back a lot of people from his past yeah and um yeah, it may be getting desperate. I, I forget what the numbers are. But I'm, saying, I, I'm going to look at the numbers tomorrow because yeah, I'm curious now. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> that it's selling great. But again, it's Deathstroke. Uh, people are going to like it, are going to like it for what it is. It's a bloody, uh, limb-ridden book. But that's all i got to say about that. And you have uh, one up next that I was not a big fan of as well. No? No. No. Uh, it's Gotham by Midnight, number four, written by Ray Fox with art by Ben Templesmith. And shit's really coming to a head in this series because, you know, it's issue number four. And each issue before this, our Precinct 13 team has been taking out some kind of a ghostly monster. And here we find out that it's actually the embodiment of the people that used to, like the indigenous people to Gotham that have been these monsters. It's actually become an entity all its own. I... I... All I could think of is that uh, the old, uh, they built Gotham on an Indian burial ground. Exactly, that's what I thought of too. It's all poltergeist out of nowhere. You know what? The weird thing is, is they left the bodies, Eric. <laughs> they they only moved you... the headstones. Oh, you got to put in that Craig T. Nelson bit if you can. 
<laughs> you, you've moved the headstones, but you left the bodies. They always leave the bodies. Why do they always leave the bodies? Do you know why? Because that dude who was in charge of it was the mayor from Jaws. Eat that. You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? I'm playing the, the thing right now. You probably can't hear it because you got a crappy uh, computer. But there it is. You only move the headstones. Man, he screams bloody murder at the end of that quote. It's so crazy. Oh, I love that so yeah, much. The, the minute I read it, I'm like, hey, oh, Eric's going to love this one. <laughs> but no, and the thing is, I, I thought about it, but it didn't really register in my mind for some reason. Because I thought the same thing, but I just kind of let it go. Uh -huh. But it's right here. I realized, oh, my God, it's Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, but, I, uh, that's like the most cliched thing now to me as the old uh, Indian burial ground. But no, it's um, all hell starts breaking loose on this Friday. They really want you to know it's Friday because everybody's drinking. It has something to do with the alcohol from how the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the founding fathers of Gotham like did to with the indigenous people. Mm -hmm. Smallpox was one of them before. Yeah, smallpox was from before. It and, seems uh, like because when when they were when they're spelling it all out, did it make any sense to you really? Would you no, have been there all. and you're like smallpox? Oh my god, the burial ground. This is why I'm not just Dr. Been like, Tar, what the though, hell is not... going on? I would have moved out of Gotham and, and freaking <laughs> wipe my hands clean of that place. I would have moved out of Gotham years ago. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden there's smallpox and the alcohol and yeah, I would have been gone. But this this entity is really coming forth now. And it attacks Jim Corgan. It actually it looks like it to me that it kills Agent Rook, the uh, internal affairs yeah, officer that's like, that. like going to shut it shut it down. Well, that guy's for, a dick anyway. That's the th that was so bad because it, it brings you back to those old like uh, stereotypes too of where normal people have seen stuff but then they deny it later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And it really pissed me off because Agent Rook has seen some serious shit now. But now he's like, no, I, I did not really see what you, I said I saw. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to have to shut you down. I'm like, fuck you, Agent yeah, Rook. And, and, and even uh, Jim Corrigan even says to him, kind of like, hey, I know what you got to do, but hey, we can be friends. No, we can't be no. friends. I just wanted to have a drink with you. And, and no, we can't be friends. Lot, I, have a, I have a flower tentacle coming out of my head. Yeah, we can't be yeah, friends. That, that caused problems, too. So when, when the thing attacked Jim Corrigan, the specter comes out, and Dr. Tarr realizes um, that this whole thing has been like, they have this weird language that he calls the ghost language. He finally deciphered. And the thing keeps saying that it wants Gotham to be judged. Yeah. And I'm like, who better to judge Gotham than the Spectre? But you don't want the Spectre to be judging all Gotham. That's some bad no. shit right there. You know what's weird when they, the, that language, do you, are you like me that immediately when you see that, you think it's more of that backwards magic nonsense and try to read no, it backwards first off? Honest, I always no, honestly, do. Immediately I go to try to read it backwards. No, I, I actually, whenever I see it, I just skip over it. Yeah, I don't have time yeah, for that nonsense. Yeah, that is a lot of nonsense. Um, what it was, I, no, but the whole thing is, I'm actually afraid, though, because Spectre's out now. He, he grows like in Power Rangers, the two bad guys they have to grow at the end of the thing. Yeah. And yeah. they're going to fight it out Godzilla style. Uh, he is big. Yeah. He's like they're, stomping they're, through Gotham. I'm telling you, it's this, this, uh, this Black Ooze entity and Spectre are freaking Godzilla's right now. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a kaiju fight. Yep. And I'm really afraid because the Spectre has deemed this thing to be an abomination. So it's going to take it out. But it still might try to do that whole Justice Wrath thing on Gotham afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I also like that it's all of a sudden the Spectre's there and everybody's afraid that they're going to be judged. I would be. <laughs> um, I was actually a little afraid while reading it. Well, um, speaking of Desperate, did you see how, did the, how it ended? Yeah, I didn't even put this in my yeah, review yeah. because it's just it's the uh, bat jet flying yeah, the in. The bat jet flies in, and, and that the bat jet only shows up for desperation. Yeah, because yeah, shit's I, gotten real, brother. Yeah, here comes Batman, and again, 
uh, I believe that that's like the kicker that you want to see uh, Batman get judged. I don't want to see Batman in this book at all, honestly. I know. I was a little pissed off when I saw that fly in. I hope, you know, shit gets resolved and then you see the Batjet fly off. <laughs> it just There's flies out. Like... No, yeah. Batman does nothing. He just, it's a flyby. It's like in that uh, World's uh, Finest the other, the other week where it's like Batman's flying by in the jet when that says that net hanging by to catch people. That net's not catching nobody. No, no. I, He's I just would, flying around. It'd be funny if Batman had like one of those uh, banners. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what he'd be advertising. He's Jenny, will you marry me? Yes, I, was, I was actually going to take uh, Susie. Will you go to the prom? <laughs> Batman, you know, times are tough. Batman's got the banners out there. Uh, you know what? I hate those things. And you always see them at the beach. Yeah, I you're, haven't seen one in years. Yeah, you're there at the beach. And then it's like, you know, it's always advertising like some crazy bar that has, you know, wet t-shirt night. It, and do, it doesn't matter to me because I can't see it. Well, yeah, that's true. You're I like, just hear the plane. Like, Look at that plane and you're looking down. <laughs> nope, not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I haven't gone to the shore in a long time. Uh, but when I did, I'd see those bands. Wet t-shirt contest. That's a, yeah, I'm eight. I'm not going to a wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> I'd like to. Okay. Actually, I probably wouldn't like it. No, it's all nonsense. And, You're too you know old for why, that now. And you know why I wouldn't like it? Because usually there's people there. Say, so you don't like people or drinking. There's no way this is going to like be fun for you. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'm going to start drinking next week on the podcast. All right, go for it, man. I'd, Do whatever I'd, you want. I'd drink one beer, and I would be, I'd be out. Yeah. Out cold. The whole podcast, well, it'd be me snoring. I think you should get some vodka and start mixing it with your gridlock. Actually, that that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I think it sounds like a terrible it. idea. I'd, I'd be hanging out the window doing, I don't know, what do people do nowadays when they get drunk? Go on the internet and uh, tweet nasty things that they wish they didn't? I don't know what kids do nowadays. I'm an old man. <laughs> well, I, I gave Gotham by midnight getting off of this subject a 7 <laughs> out of 10. I'm starting to think about my life and I'm about to cry. <laughs> but no, 7 out of 10, it's, I really like the issue. Um, my biggest problem is, it's, it's not even really a problem, it's weird to me, it's Ben Temple Smith's art. Yeah, everybody loves it. I think that it's, again, this seems to be one of those things that people are afraid to badmouth. Well, yeah, you can. It seems like like the first person who puts something out and then everybody wants to go with it, um, it's weird because I did not like the art. I thought it was. Yeah. I think it's overly confusing. Um, it's very stylish. Exactly. Well, I think but, I love the atmosphere it provides due to its dark nature of it. You know, it adds a really horrific yeah, feel does, to the book. But, but then you, you lose a lot in translation. How about this? If they had a regular, well, in June, one for they will in June. Yeah, over. They, yeah um, they will. I would love if Ben Temple Smith would come back as like a dream sequence type of thing. If That'd there's cool. any sort of flashback or any yeah. sort of non like present day thing, I think this art would go well. It would be yeah, really be good. Well. I think that dream sequence, man, this would kick ass the art. But as a standard issue throughout, I I found it very confusing. And um, it, I, it feels like a Batman backup story, you know, yeah, the way yeah. they like they they switch up the artists though because yeah, they're always that weird. That's what I'm saying. It seems like that. Yes, and I really I'll admit that the issue and the art to me did pick up by the end yeah and again at the end then once the specter is walking through uh gotham eight million feet tall i thought that <laughs> looked pretty cool hell yeah uh, i'm all but, for some kaiju fight. yeah 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 but in, in general i um was not big uh you like hentai too right 
No, no, I do not. That must have been somebody else. I know what that term is. You cannot <laughs> trick me. I thought that was somebody else. You're not into that tentacle porn? No, no, I'm not. Mm. That's weird. Somebody told me you were. I forget who it was. But, uh, yeah, I probably would have given this a 6 out of 10. Was it your mom? Ooh, that is not nice. <laughs> My mom is a nice lady. You know what she is? She's a little English muffin. Yeah, she mom. is. <laughs> I love eating her little English muffin. Oh, God damn it. This I thing mean, is well, taking uh, a, uh, what is uh, after midnight? The, the podcast <laughs> goes downhill. We're at 116 right now in AM. Yeah, and, it's uh, light, man. Shit's yeah. going bad. Yeah, you I got one more book left. Yeah, I have one more book, and that's uh, Batman Eternal. And it is, I believe, Batman Eternal number 47, written by Tim Seeley, art by Juan Ferreira, what we said. And I'll tell you, I really like the art. This book amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah. It's, again, what's weird is that when this book's collected, there's so many different oh, yeah. artists. The art changes every week, mainly, and uh, it's going to be very odd. But for this one issue, it looked kick-ass. And what you get, um, last issue ended with one of the most ridiculous silly cliffhangers i've seen in comics in a long long time where i would like it i'd liken it to what the gotham rogues would do if they won the lottery yeah and it was a bunch of nonsense and i really thought i knew that they were going to go more with this but i thought that it was going to be kind of a side issue kind of a goofy little thing but no it's pretty much a main thing of it's right in your face yeah it's right and what you get at the beginning, and a little bit of foreshadowing, all of a sudden, Hush has some uh, big lines, and yeah. he hasn't. He's been in that cell, like, uh, for, it seems, months, where, yeah, yeah he'll, and almost like he would uh, badmouth people, and they would just kind of tell him to shut up and walk away, ignore him. Shut up, and, Tommy. Yeah, in this one, though, he's got some meaty lines, and then you get the idea, huh, it's weird that Hush is getting a lot of, uh, you know, lines like this. And what happens is um, he gets he gets freed from his cell. Uh, there's obviously somebody there with him. He mentions it, and then you also see somebody. You don't see anything but, I think, an arm. Uh, but somebody's there with him helping him out. You don't know who it is. And again, now I'm starting to think or starting to wonder, is Hush actually the bad guy, the main bad guy, which he said he wasn't? Or is it this guy who broke him out? But we're at issue 47. There's That's 50. It. There's 52 issues in this, and we're still no closer to Hold finding out who this is. Um, where does this? Uh, I'm always I'm always screwing this up. Where does this timeline take place, opposed to Batman Endgame? Uh, well, this would be a little bit after Batman 28. Still, Batman okay. 28 was the one. So, where they so broke. Endgame is so Endgame's going to come after this. Yeah, is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Endgame's so, way after. This. So yes. the, the whole thing is Joker, which leads into Endgame. Yes, he's the mastermind. It's yeah. just been the Joker the whole time, um, and it's the biggest letdown of all. Yeah, and in the meantime, I'm really starting to think that uh, the final issue, issue number 52, that's when you're going to find out who it is, and yeah. then it's going to continue in this year two or whatever they're going to call <laughs> this continuation. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be very pissed. Uh, yeah, the hush is pretty crazy. At one point, he gets Julia Pennyworth and shoots her out of a uh, out of the Batcave in a bed rocket. That yeah. reminded me so much of uh, Running Man, 
Oh, when, that's right. Yeah, actually, when Arnold, <laughs> especially when Arnold strapped uh, yeah. Richard Dawson in, and then she, that's what it reminded me of. It looked just he like it. He kissed his wife a little too hard. He couldn't yep, go yeah. for that. So she ends up in the bay. That's kind of weird. And then also, and this is again, Hush is broken out, and he is up to no good. Shoots Julia out, then disables the um, controls in the bat jet. Probably after he did that flyby and uh, got him by midnight. Yeah. He uh, then so that crashes at the end. But again, this is a um, so much like a been there, done that moment where we've seen Batman have vehicles explode and all yeah. this other crap, and you know he's not going to die. And now I'm getting irritated. <laughs> uh, I want to know who is behind it all. I want I want something, and they're not giving it. But what you do get in this one is the beginning before Julia gets all running man and gets shot out. I really <laughs> liked her bit with selena and she goes to see selena kyle and you know they have a lot of snarky comments toward each other but i like that julia has been behind the bat computer for most of this and you kind of forget that she's like a special ops uh kick-ass like super spy and you get that a little here i really liked her uh crazy mask she puts on rorschach mask yeah yeah i like that and uh and Selena also, you, you forget that she's Catwoman. She's in this book and in her book now. Maybe you do. She is the, well, she's the crime boss now. Yeah. So you're not getting much of that. And I don't know how she does those moves in that pantsuit, but man, she does, them, <laughs> she does a little like uh, cartwheel kick. But I like that. I like that they kind of almost like, um, I don't know. It's getting their their interaction was a lot like the early uh, what I hoped Harper and Stephanie Brown were going to be. Yeah. They're kind of like snarky to each other. They kind of respect each other's abilities, but they both obviously want Batman's attention, and uh, you know they're kind of jealous of each other. But what uh, Selena gives Julia this stupid manifest that shows what all these uh, rogues. Wanted to get all the villains. Wanted yeah, to get. Yeah, been there, and, done that. Yeah, yeah. So, but what's weird is, <sighs> here we go. Is Mister Freeze? <laughs> but, but before that, uh, Batman sends out the Bat Family to keep an eye on. Actually, I think Julia does. Sends, yeah. Sends the Bat Family out to keep an eye on the the Rogues, what they're going to do with this money and all this stuff, and you get like. Um, Things that make sense, things that don't, because Mr. Freeze got a soda machine. Yep, milkshake machine or something. It was, like a, root, root, it was a root beer machine, and yeah. somehow it's turned into him making a <laughs> diorama of people and his pet. It correlates to him kidnapping a family and yeah, freezing them it, to death. Yeah, freezing them to death and possibly cutting a woman in half because she's there and like the almost like a like a Futurama head bottle. Why she hadn't even noticed that? Yeah, it was very odd. But again, it just to me it was just a bunch of nonsense. Though I loved Mecha Bane oh, man, getting ready to fight that. the Luchadors. See, I thought I thought that was god awful. I thought it was hilarious. But Mecha, like again, I say, Bane would then, fight oh the Luchadors, God. not with a mecha suit. He's got though. the mecha suit. That's uh, fucking silly. Did you like the Clayface bit where he's filming? His I, Batman loved, movie? I loved. I loved that hated, bit. I hated that. I, I loved it again. I but. Again, it's like, at least Bane, it was mixing it up. Clayface, uh-huh. it's the same old thing over and over. He's an actor. He wants to film a freaking movie. It's ridiculous. And um, Batgirl goes to see what Joker's daughter's up to. Remember, she got koopy dolls and yep. mirrors. 
they don't get to it. She's going to the fun house. Oh, it was a big deal because that's where Joker shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, she oh, brought her after she, he shot her. He's going to. He's going to. She's going. Yeah, she's going back to the fun house. Uh, she says that Joker's daughter's there because she wants to impress the Joker, and I think it's ridiculous. And yeah, Actually, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to think now. He didn't. He didn't bring her there. He brought Gordon there yeah, to freaking try to drive him mad. I, again, I'm. Uh, I'm with you now. I do think that maybe this was... Eh, it can't be. It can't be Joker, because then Batman would know Joker's back before this uh, this Endgame story in the regular Batman. But, uh, yeah, that's true. It is starting to... Uh, well, I'm I, saying, I, how, how the fuck does Tommy Elliot get out then? Who the I, hell can get into the Batcave? I don't know. It's somebody there. It we saw is... in Batman this week that Joker can get into the Batcave. He yep. did. And... Uh, it's weird to me, though. If it was the Joker, he'd go in, release Tommy Elliot, then a little while later go back in, cut off Alfred's yeah. hand. Yeah, cut off his hand, steal the, uh, the best was the, uh, the dinosaur. Yeah, stole put the, the friggin' lipstick on yeah, it. Yeah, ridiculous. But, uh, I didn't like this issue too much. I, I liked it because I actually, I actually dug seeing what all the freaking villains were doing with their, like, their, uh, shipment of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had a fun time with it. Kind of, it also reminded me a lot, like, um... What's going on in Batman right now? Where like all these same characters are doing stuff with this, and then, then they bring him back for Batman. But I just like seeing these characters doing stuff. I don't know. It, it sounds kind of lame when I say it like that. Yeah, yeah. doing stuff. We're just out there doing, doing things. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. Like well, um, like when Scarecrow was doing his things, trying to spread the fear toxin with the Wayne Tech uh, drones, and then well, Batwing's there. Oh, I love Let's and see. I love that panel with Batwing. And yeah. I don't care if you didn't like it. Uh, Bane in the mecha suit did look awesome. Juan Ferreira's art's awesome. Yeah, I love the art yeah, in this entire I, book. I liked it. I just it's weird because I had really enjoyed Tim Seeley's issues up until the last three. See, I really like this three, issue. Yeah, this last three I've not been very fond of, uh, mainly because now I say that it doesn't push the story forward, but it does. I mean Hush getting out of his cell yeah. and a guy there, it does. But the rest of the stuff is just ridiculous. You also get a little bit with Cullen and uh Stephanie and Stephanie, which is again, it's it's ridiculous. yeah, that was, that was bullshit. Yeah, but it's just, uh, again, it's like, hey, remember that they're there, and he even we're gonna get Vicky Vale on this case. Yeah, it's Vicky Vale. I I am I want this to end, and I want it to end soon, and <laughs> it's going nowhere. I said it's going nowhere. Well, that's slow. like Future's End. That's Future's End the entire time. That and World's End. Yeah. Like I said, I I think that people seem to be sticking with Eternal for a while, but I think the tide's really turning. People are seeing, hey, you know what? We have five issues left, and we're no closer to to anything. I thought the whole thing with Gordon at at the beginning with him getting arrested, I liked that. I thought that was a really intriguing storyline, and right now you get nothing like that. Is he still in jail? No, I think he. uh, everybody broke out. Okay, is what I remember. I, I I'm again, saying I haven't. I'm I saying, saying, I've only I, read the last like three or four know. issues. Um, actually, I think he might still. Yeah, I think he is still in there. I, I'm wrong. But uh, Mecha Bane is bullshit. Goes against the character completely. He would want to do it by himself, not in a goddamn no, mecha suit. No, I like the look of it. But yeah, <laughs> it was a mecha suit with the Bane mask no, on the front no. of it. I I want to find out who's the main villain oh, yeah everybody does it's funny because riddler 10 issues ago said that batman was an idiot for not figuring out he still hasn't he is an idiot yeah but and it makes it like yeah i can't believe it it's so obvious well <laughs> obviously it isn't so that's about it i think that's it for our podcast i'm about to fall asleep <laughs> all I'm right a brother. tired fella <clears throat> and i i have the 
worst thing where it's now almost one thirty in the morning and I will still end up waking up at five tomorrow. Yeah. I, I can't seem to ever sleep in. Well, I've totally screwed myself this week for all the sleep aids I've taken to sleep through the days. Yeah. Like last night, I was up to 5 o'clock in the morning. I figured like I couldn't sleep, so I'm like, I'm going to do some back reviews on this. Yeah, it was weird. I saw some reviews. I'm like, 4.30? What the <laughs> hell was he doing? I just figured you woke up. No, I went to bed at 5 in the morning just because I couldn't sleep. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Tomorrow's going to be fun before I work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What? Tomorrow's Sunday, right? Yeah. All right. I'm all messed up, but yeah. <laughs> That's it. And if anybody wants to send us mail, we can get the. You can send the mail at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Uh, we've talked about some of the books. There were some that we did not talk about because we're lazy and didn't read You're it. You're not missing or we much. We don't have a lot of time. And you can go see all the reviews for our books at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. We're also on Twitter at weirdsciencedc. And I'm sure you still don't know the Facebook page. Oh, shit. Was that supposed to? Uh, last week, I figured you would. And then yeah, well, maybe I it. did last this week. This is why huh? I don't send you emails or anything. <laughs> yeah, there's um, no reason to even tell you anything. Oh, look, the Facebook page is kind of lonely. It's only got 80 likes right now. Yeah. We should be pushing a lot more than that. So come on over to Facebook because everybody's got a Facebook. Come over like it. You'll get notified when our shit goes up. Yeah. Uh, what did we learn tonight? We learned that... Sally Star's a whore. <laughs> Sally Star's a whore. I uh, I don't know who friggin' what's his name Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis is it Ellis now? I almost called him Tommy Elliot. We'll say Tom... <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if Tom's his first name anymore. <laughs> he, I know one thing about him though. He is not a member of the band Rush. He was not he? in that Thor movie with the race cars. No, we thought he was. Uh, Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis is in Rush, the uh, USA show that seems to me like it's a lot like House. Now, the thing is, too, talking about that news article, is this a Sandman show or just a Lucifer show? I, it's just a Lucifer show. Okay, see, I was all mixed up. So, yeah. there, all right. Yeah, uh, yep, it's a Lucifer show, and it stars Tom Ellis, who does not play bass, <laughs> guitar, or drums. Hey, you don't know that. You don't well, know that. I'm saying for Rush. He may. Yes. Actually, I heard that he was in uh, Red Rider, the Canadian band. He was in Great White. <laughs> he left after that pyrotechnic uh, disaster. He oh, said enough terrible. of this, fellas. Has oh, that, yeah, yeah. that gone on long enough that we can joke about that now? Oh, I, I was joking about it like two days later. It's <laughs> awful. But, man, yeah, Great White. Once bit, bitten, twice shy, those guys were. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's about it. I, I am so tired. All right, then we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Everybody, ha have a good week, and we'll see you in seven. All right, see you. Later. Bye. Nothing's so strange when you don't know how can you tell where you're going to you can't be sure of any situation something could change.